Is... Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. That's how we start that shit off tonight. I just want Jeremy <laughs> to talk about the externals. <laughs> oh, sure. Let's start off the night with that. Let's talk externals. Well, it was just funny because you. I don't. I don't know if you. If, if it just made that come up, or if you typed the externals, but it was funny when I read. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. I was, no, it came up like that because I put externals it and it put the X yeah, in it. It spell checked and it put an X in. I'm like, I, I looked at it. I was like, it's not the externals. That's what. That's like what the hell, stupid thing. You know, so I had to retype you, it. You know, the funny thing, the, the funny thing about that was when that message came up, I read it as eternal. Like uh-huh. I totally <laughs> just said it said external. So either I like I just wasn't looking at it, you know, closely enough, or it was one of those things where it's like where you see like the first letter and the last letter, and you like you still know like what the right word is, kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I was that was I found that funny too. I'm just like, and it wasn't until like I looked at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it does say externals. Yeah, and then well, that's that's the pornographic version, the externals. <laughs> um, Did you- <laughs> Okay. Did you at least watch the extra scenes, Jeremy? Because that was the most important part of that movie to me was watching the extra scenes. Yes, so. I did watch the extra scenes, which the first extra scene was uh, interesting uh, because uh, Harry Styles makes his debut. As, <laughs> yes. Like, it gets introduced as Thanos' brother, but evidently he's an Eternal. I'm like, um, okay. Yes. A little confused by that, but, you know, I don't know everything about the Eternals either. Like, uh, that's... If you're talking MCU, that's one thing I don't know anything about is the Eternals. So I got a lot filled in on that movie yesterday. Um, but the second scene was interesting, too, because uh, we find, we get to see the guy who played Jon Snow in um, the Game of, Game of Thrones. Thank you. Game of Thrones uh, show. Uh, he's going to – I had to look it up because I'm like, what the hell character is he supposed to be? <laughs> and then because uh, you see the writing yeah, on the box, so I poxed, paused it when the writing on the box came up. So I looked that up. I'm like, oh, the Black Knight. I'm like, sweet. I don't know where they're going to go with that, but, um, you know, it should be interesting. At least the first cut scene uh, you, or extra credit scene, you know where they're going to go with that. Like that's going to be part of Eternals too. Hopefully that will be better than the first Eternals movie because not that it was terrible, but it was a long watch for almost a non-anticlimactic scene to happen at the end. Like it was probably the most anticlimactic ending to one of the MCU movies for me personally. It was was too long. And at the same time, it's like you have to introduce all these characters, so it's going to have to have length and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't find all the characters all that interesting. So, no. Uh... Did you um? Did you pay attention to who the voice was at the end from the Black Knight? Uh, yes. I couldn't figure out. I wasn't who asking the... you. I couldn't figure out who the person Silly was. Boy. I know they're trying to say that it's supposed to be Blade. It is. But I couldn't figure out who the voice of Blade was supposed to be. I didn't recognize the voice. Yeah, um, I don't know how to say his name properly. Mahershala Ali. Yeah. Two-time Oscar winner, Mahershala Ali. Yep, yep. he's the new don't, Blade in the MCU. Yeah, I don't recognize that name. I, pro- I need to see a face. From Moonlight? What's that? What was what was was that movie he was in Moonlight Moonlight Pat or what was the the, the two movies that he won the Oscars for were Moonlight and Green Book. Yeah. Um, 
Green Book, I think Green Book was good. I liked Green Book. There's something else that I would point to as maybe being like something that was maybe like a tad more mainstream that you might have seen in it, but now I am disremembering what that is. So Okay, I know who that is. I just I look, when you said the a name of a movie, I just looked up the movie on IMDB and yeah, I know who I've seen him, but I would not have pictured him as like that voice wouldn't have the, the that voice in his face I don't put together but now I know who he is at least gotcha. so yeah that'll be interesting him as Blade I'm interested to see how they do Blade because the original Blade trilogy was pretty badass um for its time yeah and bad it's no, it I just bad <laughs> I'm only I've only ever I only ever bothered to watch the first one so Come on, the first one was Triple H was in a carrying a little Pomeranian dog around. <laughs> the third one got a little got a little weird, a little silly, but it's still overall the action, the okay. storyline. It kind of finished out the series good. But uh, I'm because Blade is like one of those characters, kind of not quite on the the range of Deadpool in that sense. But there's a little bit more edge to him in in, in raw uh, vulgarity to his character than the normal MCU's character. So I'm interested to yes. see how they do him. Well, if I, recall, good. If, I re- if I recall correctly, <laughs> I knew that was, I knew somebody was going to say that. <laughs> if, if, if I recall correctly, they're, they're doing a show. Do him raw. <laughs> you know, That's so they're, they're, they're doing a show, not a movie. So. Okay. Well, if they're going to introduce him through a show, I'm sure they're bound to put him in a movie then too. At least the cameo spot, you know, in a movie. So what, well, yeah, I mean, the, the MCU is a little muddled right now, to be honest. So it's uh, whatever. When, when Zach and I don't, we don't have to go on huge deep dive here. But when Zach was over the other night, we were talking about the Marvel movies, and mm-hmm. me and him think that the the first Thor movie is the worst of the marvel movies like if i could pick one movie that was the worst we said the first the first thor the first thor or the second thor the The first one that i think is universally pointed to as being the worst yeah that one isn't great either but the first one was the one me and zach said we think is the worst (laughs) i thought the first thor movie was good i i enjoyed it it was a little maybe long for what it needed to be but yeah if, if if i were to I know the ones that I think usually get talked about as being kind of like the weakest MCU movies are like Thor 2, Iron Man 3. Iron um, Man 3 is not great either. No, uh, it's not. Uh, I think Avengers 2 is not especially high up there. Neither is the Incredible Hulk movie. But that doesn't, just because I'm asking, I guess you, just because what other people say, I'm asking you personally. Like Jeremy said, he likes the Thor movie that me and Zach said we didn't like. So I'm asking you personally, Pat, I don't care what 25,000. No, I, I would, I would, <laughs> I would, I would probably say Thor 2, to be honest. Yeah, I would definitely uh, put Thor 2 down there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but out of all the Thor, out of all of them, that was probably my least favorite of the mcu movies if loki wouldn't have been in it uh, yeah but because loki was in it. eternals would be a candidate too <laughs> okay oh, that's fair true yeah eternals might be actually worse than thor 2 <laughs> for me yeah so and joe's like i can't you, believe you guys <laughs> he's Plus, like you're shitting on the eternals 
what about you, Joe? What would your like? What would be the one that you didn't like? I mean, I know that most of the movies are good, and we always talk about all the good stuff. So sometimes it's okay to shit on something and say something's not good. I know you guys don't like to do that. That's more my area of specialty. But not everything's great. Things are bad. You're allowed to say something's bad. <laughs> They're not going to go to hell if you say one movie's bad. I mean, we've already all said Jar Jar's bad. So, oh, if I'm going to hell, that was you know that 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 got checked off the list before I turned 21. So, what the hell's the point at that at that juncture? Um, you go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> yep. Um. Wow. I don't think a ton of the Marvel movies are bad. I, I just, for some reason, me and him started talking about that the other day, and that was a topic that... I was going to say most of them are, 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 are better than... Yes. That's, I was, no, I was going to say. I was going to say better than average. I'm like, that's... Well, actually, yeah, maybe better than average, because if you were to ever look at my IMDb profile, uh, I think my average rating of a movie is a 7 out of 10. So Is Debbie Does Dallas on there? Is that ranked? Uh, yes, that is most certainly on there. It's uh, a good triple D movie. <laughs> I fuck, rated it. Fuck a, a ten out of ten. Uh, they get to fifteen out of fifteen. I, I rated. I rated that one a six point nine. Uh, <laughs> uh, nice. Do I see where you went with that one. Six, I'll nine. see you all in hell. <laughs> six point nine. It. What, what was that again? <laughs> Play it again. I, I no, will. No, I'll, what was what was the audio there? I'll see you all in hell. <laughs> That's from uh, <laughs> from uh, da, 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 what the hell is the 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 heavy set the heavyweights when they tie up the one <laughs> camp counselor after Ben Stiller takes over. Ben Stiller. Oh, I've, <laughs> they never the, actually, I've never actually seen that movie. So. Oh, that movie is so funny. It's like you get to see Ben Stiller be, uh, as the crazy like new fitness guy before he's in Dodgeball. Yeah, that's like the prelude to what you get in Dodgeball. Well, I, yeah, I, I know, I know about that. But... And his one assistant is Hans. <laughs> was Franz there too? So, so what? Come on, Joe. What is it? What's your what's your worst MCU movie so yeah, far? Yeah, then we can move on. Right. We didn't have to do it. I was just curious what your worst one was. Hmm. Probably Thor two, I guess. It's the one I've only watched. Besides seeing the movie, I think I've only watched it once, one other time. Where I've watched every other MCU movie, probably at least ten times, or more. That's the one I have. I've only watched once other time just to kind of see if I really liked it or not. And after the second time, I was pretty much okay. It was it was all right. It's for, not one I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, it was just like for that. Not particular, a repeat for me. No, it's just weird because for that particular one, because is if I remember correctly, that's the one where Helga comes back, right? Is uh dark uh what is it? Dar uh, Thor two. No, dark, that's what? that's that's a third one. That's the that's third Rag one where she comes yeah. back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, Ragnarok. That's Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Which is one of the best, better Marvel right. movies. <laughs> so evidently, I can't even remember Thor 2. That's how Im non-memorable that's that was Natalie, for me. Natalie Portman's character gets in, in, infected with the the dark matter or the fuck it was called. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah and you had the, so, the, dark, uh, the dark elves were the, uh, were, were the bad yeah. guys. And... 
Yes. Yeah, so that's right. Let's, so uh, since Pat brought this up in our text group, um, let's go from Marvel to DC because I just watched all three episodes of Peacemaker today. I <sighs> And I'm going to tell you this. I, I'm going to watch the rest of the season, but mm-hmm. I am not too enthused with that fucking series right now. Yeah, I I not. don't have HBO Max, so I won't be able to see it unless the, so, unless I find somewhere else to watch it for free. But they, it's so the funniest part of that whole thing is the intro to the show where they do a little song and dance, all the characters. Oh it's boy, quite interesting. They, yeah, it's they, uh, it's, it's it's hysterical because they have like every character from the show doing this convoluted yeah. dance number and they're all doing it completely stone-faced yes. so it, and it just it, and <laughs> it, it, it makes like no sense and everything but it's fucking hysterical the the show is like fucked up to begin with and they just make john cena's peacemaker like the dumbest fucking fool in the world mm-hmm. yeah, and see, yeah i never he, read any of the he, comics so i don't know what kind of character he's I, supposed to be it's you guys with your eye He's very, he's very much an idiot. Yeah, um, he's a complete fucking idiot. You know, like there's a like when they tell him that like what his target like, is, and his yeah, like me, that idiot. Yeah, they, they worse than what, that. What, they tell him what his target is on the one mission. He's like, okay, so so we're gonna go kill him because climate change is a hoax, right? And they're like, uh, no, we're gonna kill him because blah blah blah. He's like, wait, are you tell me climate change isn't a hoax? Uh, no, it's not. So Facebook's lying to me every day. Wow, it's they're just, taking pot shots at Facebook. There's there's a lot of stupidity in it. I I don't know. There there's just a lot of it's, a lot it's of like they're trying the to make shit. it's like they're trying to make it humorous, but it's not. It's falling flat. Well, my my feeling so far is that it's it's. I think it's supposed to be kind of a redemptive arc because I mean, like. <laughs> You know how, like, on so many TV shows, like, the beginning of it, they'll do, like, you know, like, you know, previously on, you know, whatever show it is. Yeah. Well, this series kicks off with them going previously on The Suicide Squad. Yeah. So, oh, geez. You know, they're going, so they're going back to the movie and everything. And that's, of course, to show you what, you know, the, the main things were that happened. And the whole thing is, is that it, it, it's setting it up so that they're doing, like, a redemptive arc for the character because of the fact they that are. you know, he betrayed Rick Flag and killed him, and 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 all that shit that happened, you know, in the movie, <clears throat> and that he was going to kill, you know, the other the other, uh, you know, the other team members and everything too on on Waller's orders and everything. So, yeah, through three episodes, they they've been very oblique, I guess you could say, about what exactly the plot is. It has something to do with something called butterflies which i guess there's supposed to be some kind of like it's supposed to be some kind of like an alien invasion type thing uh but through okay. the three episodes they haven't done a whole lot to really fully tell you what it is because they haven't even fully told him what butterflies are uh yeah. you kind of sort of see it then at the end of the third episode for the first time after he's a uh, kill guy um <laughs> but um it's still just, and it seems like it's a worldwide invasion type thing, but there's a lot of other stuff going on, which involves him like trying to work with this team and trying to have some kind of relationship with his father, who apparently 
is some kind of uh, neo-Nazi white nationalist uh, person. Um, yep. You know, like there, there's even a there's even a scene at the beginning of like the first episode where he's trying to like leave the hospital and he's talking to this uh, um, uh, Indian janitor and uh, the guy's like, like you know, the, the first the guy doesn't like know who he is or like recognize his name, but then like when he describes himself a little more, he goes like. Oh, right, peacemaker! You're the racist guy. <laughs> yeah, and they have this whole conversation about whether or not he's really racist. He's like, he's like, I kill more white people than minorities. Just all this other shit. So, oh my god, why don't we just? Oh, yeah, the, they... Why don't we just say he's he's part of the blue squad? You know, racist. <laughs> The, the the great thing really about the way Cena, in my opinion, plays the character great because the way yeah, I'm, about, uh, the, the all the people who play the characters are good. No knock yeah, on them for that. Yeah, the way the way that they're trying to uh, to play, the, you know, depict the character and everything, they're basically trying to depict him as like this like meathead who just like. Um, do you remember the line in Guardians of the Galaxy where they say something to Batista's character Drax, where they say like, you know. That went over his head, and he goes like, you know, like nothing goes over my head. I would catch it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, now that's funny. Cena's <laughs> peacemaker is kind of like that too, where everything goes yes. over. His head. He is so out of touch. Yeah, he, he's, and you know, it's because like you know he had been in jail and all this, that, and the other thing. But you know, he's like, you know, he's like, he like goes back to his like this little like rundown shit trailer that he lives in, and he finds it his cell phone still when on for the last four years and he like says to his dad like you were supposed to cancel my service <laughs> so i i gotta so you were talking about the the like indian um janitor it, i it was funny kids you know my five-year-old we went to um bj's today to get some you know groceries but get the bulk items at the at that at that store and they have, you know, that person always checks your receipt to make sure you got the number of items in your cart that you actually purchased. Yeah, I know, like, you're going to steal anything, like, from the, the checkout center to the, you know, the door, which is, like, 50 feet away. And there's nothing yeah, there to steal between there and there. Yeah, I remember when Best Buy used to do that shit. and annoyed the fuck out of me. But anyways, so there's a gentleman that is, you know, uh, from, you know, either Indian whatever different, you know, things are over in that area. Like, but he had that traditional or stereotypical type accent and he's talking to my son and Lucas kind of looks at me and he's like, I said, he asked you this because he has a mask on too. So it's even, it's muffled plus his accent. And when we walked away, Lucas, <laughs> Lucas goes, and I felt, I was like, oh boy, kids say the darndest thing kind of thing. He's like, he wasn't speaking English. I said, no, he was speaking English, son. I said, but he has an accent. I said, that's why it was probably hard for you to understand him because he has an accent. But I said, he was speaking English. <laughs> like, Because so, if he wasn't speaking English, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what he was saying. <laughs> like, that's what the thought was going through my head. Like, But that's, that's how like kids think because languages. But because, yeah. you know, he had the accent and it, it muffled it, you know, with the mask on top of it, it muffled him being able to hear him properly like he thought he wasn't speaking english it, got, it just made me laugh in my head because that's how kids think like if they can't understand you evidently you're not speaking english there you know? <laughs> there was a kid there was a kid a couple days ago that came in probably he was probably in, in when i was at work he was probably 10 or 11 and i'm like 
somebody, the other girl I was working with said, hi, how you doing to him? And he ignored her. So then I said, hi, how you doing? And then he goes, I don't understand English. And I'm thinking, okay, you just spoke English. How do you not understand? (laughs) (laughs) But he, he said that. I don't understand English. I'm like, clearly you do. You're speaking it. <laughs> I well, I, I remember an early episode of Family Guy where uh, I think it might have been like the first episode where like Stewie and Brian did one of their like road to adventures, and they're on like uh, like 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 a boxcar, you know, freight train with a bunch of uh, you know illegals, and you know Brian starts trying to communicate with them by speaking Spanish and everything, and the guy's like. Like, like, hey, yeah, that's a good try, but you don't actually have to say, you know, my Mayamo Ace. You just say Mayamo Brian. And he's like, oh, you speak English, and then the guy's like, no, just that first sentence, and then this second sentence explaining it. You're kidding, right? <laughs> you're you're kidding, right? Okay. What? <laughs> I suddenly yeah. remember that episode. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, yeah, you, you know, kids do say and do the darndest things. I mean, I can't really share pictures with you since I'm doing this on my phone, but apparently my three-year-old nephew yesterday decided that mommy's lipstick was war paint. Nice. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm the ultimate warrior. I did that too <laughs> back in the day. So. But you still do that. What are you talking about? Just start putting shit on. Yeah, he's got a he's got a, like in a big circle and then a couple of he's like cheese. And she's like, What did you do? He's like, uh oh um uh, and then he like tries to like put his like face down in her lap and he, he, and she's like, No, 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 don't you do that. And she goes, What did you do, Wesley? And then he's just like uh turns and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> So when she, was, when she was sending these videos to us, I was like, oh, yeah, she has perfected the Monty Python runaway <laughs> strategy of dealing with them. So that's uh, just funny. Kids are funny. But yeah, I'm on Peacemaker so far through three episodes. Yeah, again, it's really hard to tell like where the plot of this is going to go. So it's mostly been a been it's mostly really been so far about the interactions between the characters because. You can tell that uh, even like the ones that are supporting him, they're all, you know, they all have like their own like uh, issues or secrets in some ways. So, it, you yeah. know, it's going to depend upon where it's going to go. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm obviously going to watch it because it's seen on because, you know, I can't get that fucking dance number out of my head. So, <laughs> I mean, we got to see Cena's ass cheeks how many times in the first episode. We could yeah, just see him yeah. dance around in his tidy whiteies and what the second episode. No, you know, playing episode with his junk, too. you know, all that good shit. Yeah, you know, he was talking yeah. to this one woman. Talking, <laughs> I'm not watching that to, show. He was talking to this one woman who we just grew by saying something like, you know, when I was in your pussy, I really felt something. Was, I don't know exactly <laughs> what the line was. Yes. I don't remember exactly what the line was, but he definitely oh, said, yeah. you know, when I was in your pussy, something or other. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy, did yeah, you watch Boba Fett yet? Or a show, a show for children? It is not. No, I did not. Okay. I, you know what? I, I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. As by the time, so I've got to figure out a new schedule for everything because okay. I have now on my week nights because I can't I can't watch like I'll turn on like shows during like work. 
but they can't be anything that I actually have to pay attention to to under to understand right. or I'm gonna or I'll or I won't be working. I'll just be like <laughs> watching TV, <laughs> which is not good. Um, so my nights right now have been filled with basketball practice, and I started okay. working out again. Because I, I got to a point where I'm just tired of being fat and out of shape. So I started working out again and eating better. Um, so that's taking up a lot of my nights. So by the time I'm done with everything on most nights, it's like 1030. And I'm like, I don't want to start an hour long show. Because <laughs> if I get sucked in, I'm going to, I don't want to turn it off. I mean, if if you need something to put yourself to sleep, just find the NXT 2.0 and watch that. Cause that'll <laughs> yeah. I imagine that's not gotten any better. I mean, I saw the releases that they did, not that I knew any of the people, but I know you had said that most of those releases were anybody that triple H hired, which is like, Oh great. Now they're just, let's just get rid of everybody. You know, they're, they're really <laughs> shitting on triple H as far in my personal opinion, they're shitting on triple H and saying that, yeah, you built this, but this is not, my vision of we're gonna what tear this it was down. supposed they're like built this and they're like we're gonna tear it down now yeah it's sad yeah, yeah it's like you, you 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 built this city on rock and roll we're gonna build this city on shit <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna make it work because it's such good it's, shit it's it's funny triple h was built it was it was doing the kevin costner role to Kevin Costner role of if you build it, they will come, and they came, and then and Vince McMahon was like, "But they came too fast. We got to get rid of them. We got, we got, we got to get them to come a little bit slower because uh, you're ruining the other shows." <laughs> like you ejaculated too soon. Slow your roll, buddy. <laughs> you're not supposed to be better than me. What the fuck? <laughs> I did see. I did oh, see man. somewhere where they're saying that. Tony Khan reached out to William Regal. So I hope that there's truth to that. So in regards to what, bringing uh, William Regal over, bringing him yeah. over to backstage stuff, because that guy was every there. Nobody said anything bad about him. They said he was awesome in NXT. So if one company doesn't want him and everything you hear about him is good, if you're AEW, why would you not want that guy backstage right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he helped build the old NXT. So yeah. Yeah, I don't. I like I said, I don't get, I don't get Vince. Um, I don't think know. anybody does, except for Bruce Pritchard and John Laurinaitis, because all they do is kiss his ass, right, Pat? Uh, uh, Laurinaitis, uh, I think, definitely kisses his ass. Pritchard, I think it's it's it not so how. much it's not so much uh, ass kissing as it is excuse making. Like, you know, he'll go and say, you know, you know, my job is to to be the middleman to interpret what Vince wants, and you know, filter that down to the agents and the wrestlers and the blah 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, but you never like really push back on everything. And you know, it's like nope. I haven't really, I I, I kind of stopped listening to all my wrestling podcasts that I listen to, except for Cornette's, um, kind of back in September because I was just kind of losing interest in them um i'll have to pick him back up at some point but with pritchard's especially since especially since he's been back at work with the company um it's much easier to tell when he's like pulling shit out of his ass like when he's like asking questions about certain events or, or well yeah his like, podcast because i've heard his podcast before and it was good i enjoyed it but you're right it's gonna he's gonna be a very different person podcasting when he's under company well and he's supposed you know, well, gag he's orders like, essentially well no, they're still talking about stuff that's like years ago on his podcast he doesn't talk about anything that's going on right now really 
but he has you, you can tell from like when the moment was that he got rehired and everything that there has been a certain change to it and everything and yeah he always put i mean even when he wasn't um uh you know working for wwe again you know he would never really say anything like really incredibly overtly negative or anything well, so no, he wouldn't he'd be able to get a job again you know? well yeah he, 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 <laughs> he would true. always he was always still kind of towing the company line. Like I remember, I don't remember which episode it was, what event they were talking about, but they got to talking about Rob Conway, who I thought was one of the biggest um, wastes of opportunity that they had back in the in the the mid aughts, if you will. Like when they kind of when they had like ended La Resistance and they had given him like what was essentially the Buff Bagwell gimmick. I thought he was doing a good job with it and everything, but they quickly turned him into a, jo- a jobber and everything. And when Conrad asked him about Rob Conway, Pritchard was like, well, you know, Rob was a talented guy, but, uh, you know, he was the kind of guy who, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't really, uh, uh, he didn't really want to do it the way that you said to do it. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he always had an idea about that he was going to do things his way and uh, it didn't really matter what anybody else said. Uh, so, uh, and I'm just like, you gave him a recycled gimmick for one thing. So to say that he was doing things the way he wanted to do it, not the way that you wanted to do it, um, by definition, fuck you, because <laughs> you gave him a recycled gimmick. So you can't say he was doing the things that he wanted to do. So it's just like, you can just tell when he's much more ridiculous with his, um, uh, yeah. So it's it's just interesting. Like we've talked about this many times with with the way WWE is going. You know, Vince doesn't want to think he's lost touch. He wants to believe he's doing what the fans want, but it, he's catering. It feels like he's catering to a very small portion of his fan base, hmm. and that no, no, he's not even doing that. Okay, he's catering. He's catering to an audience of. Oh, you think it's gotten that bad where it's like only I if I like the product, that's the only thing that matters. No, I think that's the way it's always been. Oh. It's just that where things aligned at different times has been what's about it. But it's always you've always heard that thing that Vince spokes for an audience of one himself. So yeah, you know, that's why that's why catchphrases like ah, it's such good shit, you know, have have have, have come to be because that's that's him basically patting himself on the back for whatever. Right. And I, and I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that, especially at times where the product gets very stale. Like right now, the product's <laughs> at a very stale and it has been for quite a while now. Like there just hasn't been anything that's been like. Other than, other than Roman. Right. Other, other than, than Roman, Roman. And that's one person out of how many people they got on the program that, and not to say that Seth Rollins is stale, but overall the program is has become stale and that's why i stopped watching because it's just like it's not entertaining me anymore it's supposed to be sports entertainment you know that there to me the entertainment portion is not there right now which draws me into the wrestling portion and i don't even know so and aj you can talk better to this to and and joe too is the wrestling even worth watching right now are the matches at least decent a majority of them are they at least decent it depends on what you almost have to isolate wrestlers now and say, okay, well, 
if AJ Styles is out there, the match is going to be good. If Seth Rollins is out there, if Kevin Owens, there's guys that you can say, okay, these guys are going to deliver. Edge, Miz, like Edge and Miz are in a pretty good feud right now. So all of a sudden, you know, I we we I keep joking about it with everybody. All of a sudden, Brock Lesnar has become entertainment on the mic. Where this has been all these years, we don't know. But all of a sudden, he's become funny on the mic. I mean. He did a knock-knock joke on SmackDown, and Paul Heyman's like, if you would have told me 15 years ago, I'd be doing a knock-knock joke with Brock Lesnar on SmackDown. He's like, I would have laughed in your face. So, or on Raw yeah. the other night, he did the knock-knock joke, and he ripped out Lashley. Like, he told Lashley, he's like, you're a Brock Lesnar wannabe. So, which was kind of funny, because it's kind of true. So, yeah. so, so it, it's a situational, there, there are people, but then they do the same matches over and over. Like, let, let me go back. <coughs> How many times the Usos in the New Day have fought this year? It might. It's probably double digits. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely it's, double digits. It's just it, so and that and there and there goes how the product's stale. Like, you're not introducing new tag teams, or if you are introducing new tag teams, they're there and gone within no time, and, and they get mm-hmm. a half a storyline. Or, or never finish the storyline or, you know, it's, it's things like that, that are, it's like, okay, if you don't give it enough time to run and allow fans to get invested in a storyline, then how do you know it doesn't work? They have no idea how to book long-term storytelling in WWE. They completely have no clue how to book anything longer than like a two or three month storyline. They have no absolutely zero clue how to do that anymore right and it's funny because that's how storylines used to be like that like they used to be months long you can't do it all the time right but you can you can do it some like i i think there are times like with hangman and kenny omega where AEW took a storyline and ran it over two years essentially so Mm -hmm. you can do it here and there and, and if you intermix a few of those long-term ones with the short, cause the short term is the way wrestling is right now. Like it's harder <laughs> to do it, but yeah. if you can mix in some of the long-term storytelling with mostly short term term short storytelling, then you're okay. So I just like Vince, when you're, when you don't have competition, it doesn't matter too. Now all of a sudden he's got competition and AEW is not doing everything right, but they're doing more right than wrong right now. I can at least give them that. Their their shows are better weekly than WWE shows. So they're more right than wrong. So there's legitimate competition right now. And neither, apparently neither company can really sell out a building right now. I saw pictures from this week from several shows where there was empty seats (laughs) in all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so if we go, if we, if we think about it, like there's things that would need to change within WWE in order to be able to carry out long-term storylines. And we know these would never change because Vince is not going to want it to change. And that would be the number of pay-per-views. Like there's way too many pay-per-views to be able to do really long-term storylines because at every, at a pay-per-view, you want to see champions fight each other or the champion fight. Well, if you're going to do a long-term storyline, you can't have the champion fight at a monthly pay-per-view. Well, that <laughs> kills the storyline right there, okay? So unless you have where, you know, the champion wins by some technicality that's not a, like a, a cheat ca- technicality unless it's the bad guy, you know, champion. You know, the the storylines get killed, but that's where the big difference was. 
you know, in, in the eighties, in, in nineties, you didn't have as many pay-per-views, you had less pay-per-views. So you could draw out storylines because they might do a sneak attack on somebody. If it's the bad guy, you know, you know, champion, or they might just come out if, and, and make fun of him. Like the rock used to come out and make fun of his opponent for weeks on end before they'd actually fight, you know, on the pay-per-view two months down the road, you know, or three months down the road. So it, that's part has changed so much that their ability to actually do those long-term pay-per-view, those long-term um, feuds has killed themselves. They've killed themselves with it because hey, of all the and, extra pay-per-views. Me and Joe went to WrestleMania where we saw a scene on the rock fight. And that was like a two year story arc that they did with those two. Right. And so, the only reason that worked is because the rock wasn't on TV. If the rock was on TV, like a normal wrestler, but, Oh my God, they, we would never saw that. But that's why yeah. like, Brock Brock having a belt and not being on TV every single week sometimes maybe that's not terrible so like as soon as WWE does that everybody's like oh my god this is terrible the I don't think it's terrible every week sometimes that's better like and you, you know, know who I'm sorry and you know who pushed that and the only reason to know this is because he he, uh, he was on a podcast that I was listening to Paul Heyman pushed for that he pushed Vince to say Vince you know, Brock Lesnar's not a full-timer. Give him the belt. It's going to draw more people to the pay-per-views when he comes and, put, and he fights at the pay-per-views because he's the, they don't get to see him every week. You don't have the champion fighting every single week. You know, and it, and it works. I mean, the the the, the, casual, the the general fan that watches that's a, like, you know, is that I got to see the champion every week. Those are the fans that get pissed off. But the people that really, really enjoy the build, like the – I, and I don't want to say the real good, the real true fans, but people who actually enjoy a build, like I enjoy a build up to a championship fight. Okay. The championship match. I enjoy that build. I don't need to see the champion every week. It's not necessary at all for me. You know, if they want to come out and do a promo and that's it, so be it. I'm good with that. That's fine. Peace out. See ya. You know, and, and AEW's, with CM Punk and MJF, they're trying to do that right now. Like as much as we'd like to see the two of them just get on the mic each week and, and jabber back and forth, because that's what they're both really good at. They're trying to find ways to make this go longer. So he's fighting MJF's other guys to get to MJF and they're, and they're trying to prolong that feud, but they know that you can't just put the two of them in the ring mm -hmm. every week and let them talk promo on each other. Because even if you're really, really good at it, it still gets stale and mm -hmm. it gets old. And you gotta, you gotta do something to break up that monotony. And, and me and Joe are totally enjoying MJF and CM Punk bantering with each other on the mic, but you can't just have them doing it every week, right, yeah. Joe? You, get, you gotta was. do something to mm -hmm. divide it up and break it up. There was a storyline, I think, back in... <sighs> I, I want to say like not somewhere between 92 and 94 that whoever the heel champion was at that time was doing the same thing. Like it's like, this is not, you know, that's not, this is something that's been recycled many, many times. And this is the <laughs> one that sticks out where they were doing the same exact thing. Oh, you want to fight me? Well, you got to fight him first. Oh, you beat him. Now you got to fight him. Like those are cool storylines. Like they still work to this day to be able to do that where <laughs> you don't just get to fight me. You got to beat all these other jabronis here before you get to fight me. And, and then that fight was always at the pay-per-view. Unless we have to see Chris Jericho fight four different guys four weeks in a row with his. Well, yeah, that might not be enjoyable. <laughs>
Yeah, that may not be so enjoyable, but yeah, but they're good storylines. Like Joe said, they're they're good storylines. They work, and you get the payoff at the pay per view. Like you get that payoff at the pay per view. That that's other, a build up that's good to watch. The other thing is the their their best long term story should not be Roman Reigns. <laughs> no, it's not good, every single time. It's, no, it, it's it's good what they've done with them turning heel, but that it's shouldn't be good. your only one. But that's their go-to. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have Roman Reigns and then all these little shit shows underneath <laughs> it. That's what it is. And all these little shit shows where you kind of tease us, ooh, you guys can have a long term with these two. And then three weeks later, it's it's just gone out of nowhere and you're yeah. starting a feud with somebody else. It makes no sense. And to be honest with you, the other thing, I've been thinking about this, if you're going to cut all these people, and your roster is legitimately to X amount of wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to start getting rid of some of the belts. You you need to re you need to really look at your belts and see which ones you really need to continue to use and which ones you need to get rid of. Right, they don't really need men's tag belts on both shows when they don't give. A do fuck we need Do we need the the men's tag belts on both shows? Do we need the Intercontinental and the U.S. Championship belts? No. <laughs> You can keep one and get rid of the other. Keep the intercontinental. Get rid of the U.S. champ belt. And to be honest <laughs> we, with you, really I'm not a big. Belts? <laughs> um, I mean, they're going to keep though, just because. But the the women's do they titles have women's tag the belts on both shows, though. I, no, or is it just one? It's just they the just one, have show, one right? women's tag team belts. It's, well, it, it's more or less the men's belts. And to be honest with you, two heavyweight champions, that shit could go too. Is I'm not. I could care less. If you have a universal and a fucking heavyweight, I, that champion. one I I would I like them having two world champions for separate shows though. Because it, I mean, legitimately, what what are you doing? Like, which championship means more? Like, you two, I mean, two heavyweight one belts. Champion, which which one means? Be the same. But why? Just like the women's belts, the same thing with the women's world titles. Like they, to me, they're equal. So. They shouldn't be though. That's my that's my issue. I don't think they right. should be. If there's if if it, in Vince's head, I, okay, I never thought the, they ever should be. If they that's have, why I had an issue with it. You know, he's always looked. We know that Vince has always looked at the shows as Raw is the A oh, show, excuse me. SmackDown's the B show. So if it's the B show, technically speaking, that belt is less meaningful. So, I mean, I understand the purpose of having a belt on both shows. But they could also do it where the champion, and this would be good, this would make an interesting way to do this too. The champion could be on both shows, but they, they don't do have it. to. But they don't that's have to fight everything. That's how they did it when they just had like one women's belt, or that like when they right. only had one. And I and I think that's a good way to do it because they can feud with both rosters if they want to. They could have something going on, and. It gives the opportunity for more fans to see them on a weekly basis, and but you don't have to have them fight. They don't have to be in a match every show. Like they don't have to do two matches, you know, for the for the live shows like that. They, you know, maybe have them fight on Raw one week, SmackDown the next week, nothing the following week on either show. You know, just have them show up. You know, the, I don't know. The casual fan likes belts. That's just the reality of it. it That's is. measuring. There's, there's got to be some kind of measuring thing for wrestling. And unfortunately, even though it's fake or planned, belts still, they somewhere in this, they matter. 
Oh yeah, so I agree. People, like when you're when you're debating this guy's better than this guy, sometimes that stuff comes into play. So belts appeal to. I mean, even me as like as as, a, as an Adam Cole fan, I, I see people already bitching that he hasn't won a belt yet in AEW, and I'm like, I don't fucking care. He's been in really good matches. He's doing his job. He doesn't need a belt right now, but that's how people are. Oh, this guy's been CM Punk, Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole have been in AEW for three and a half months each, and none of them has a belt. What the fuck? I don't care that none of them have a belt because I don't think they need a belt, but a lot of people do. (laughs) You don't have to have particular people carry belts just because they're the – you know, in their in those people's minds, the top people on the show. Just because they're the top people on the show doesn't mean they have to have the belt. They can they can be secondary characters to the people that have the belts to help elevate those characters and make them more relevant. Right. That's unfortunately that's not the way a lot of people see it though. Yeah. So no, they I know. don't see it that yeah, way. Yeah, the problem is some belts don't mean shit to anybody these days. True. Darth Pat. I I've literally been an employee of AEW for zero days. <laughs> Where's my belt? <laughs> uh, no. um, yeah, there's a lot of what you see. You, you guys said like the product's stale. I don't think the product's stale. I think the product's unentertaining. Okay. That, that's, that, that's what I, I, I don't really know how much of it is stale. I mean, it's always you're you're they're always going to be like recycling shit. It's always going to come back to stuff that they've done before. Um, that's kind of the nature of the beast and everything. But there's still ways you can make stuff interesting again. But it really comes down to a couple of it's like the way they do it. I mean, again, I'm I'm rewatching Raw versus Nitro. We're in the middle of 1997. You know, we, Ooh, we it's just good got then. to. We we just got to we just got to King of the Ring nineteen ninety seven which was a which was a pretty shitty show overall. There was one good match between Michaels and Austin, which had a double DQ bullshit finish, but the rest of the card kind of sucked. But Raw at that time was just as good as Nitro was, really. When you come right down to it, both shows had their good points, both shows had their bad points, but neither of them felt overly scripted the way everything does now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing is the overscriptedness yeah. of it. Two is that some of these guys just you know again maybe it's because of what they say or whatever, but they're just not interesting. They're just not getting over and everything like that. And so that that contributes to it too. Like Sami Zayn looks like he goes out there and gives us all every single time, and you know he's one of the more entertaining guys on the card. Seth Rollins looks like he goes out there and he's giving us all every single time. But I still don't get what it is we're supposed to be thinking about him. If he's supposed to be some kind of evil genius or if he's just supposed to be some kind of fucking idiot maniac. It's like it's not clear what the way that they book him as to how I'm supposed to react to him a lot of times. And if they're now going to start calling if if his character name is now going to be Seth freaking Rollins, that's a totally stupid thing to do. So I, I I don't know. It's like there's there's the the other issue, of course, is that you know. Pause for a second. Ag, I see the look on your face. So enlighten us on maybe what Seth Rollins' character is supposed to be, in your opinion. I, he's just I don't I don't 
have I just he's entertaining to me every week when he comes out. So like I don't I don't know if he has to be defined exactly as as anything. So because I don't I don't always see wrestling that way because I don't see the heel villain. I don't like the heel villain dynamic. We've already had this discussion before. Right, right, right. You guys are more you guys are more like you and Pat maybe are more concerned about that than like I am. I don't give a shit about the heel villain. That's why I like wrestling when everybody is is everything that's why i liked nxt so much because it wasn't about heels and villains there it was about cheering for the guy you liked whether he was a heel or a villain and that's how i wish it was everywhere so it's i don't see things the same way pat does when when seth rollins comes out every week i'm I'm, i enjoy what he does his fucking his drip is fantastic and i think they're going to turn him face here they're teasing like they're going to turn him face so he's probably in between stuff because he's about to fight Roman. Well, this is, hurt. I think this is the, the, the problem that Darth Pat's having though. He doesn't know what his character is supposed to be like. Is he supposed to be a crazy person? Is he, you know, what is his character actually? Maybe, maybe he's supposed to be a mixture of the two things that Pat said. Maybe he's not really, maybe there's not really a, a finite definition for what he's supposed to be. Okay. So, cause that's what's it's, it's not whether he's a heel or a face that's I don't think that's confusing, Pat. It's like, what is your character supposed to be like? What? Who are you? And I think that's where Darth Pat's getting confused. And I don't. And that, once again, that's another thing that I don't. I don't think matters to me that much. Okay. So if he's good on the mic, and he's like I said, they're going to turn him face. I, I feel like that's coming. They're about to turn him face, mm-hmm. which is going to be interesting to see him go from megalomaniac type character to a face. <laughs> so. All right, Darth Pat. Sorry for interrupting, but I, I've I felt like AJ had something he wanted to to say. His face was Pat telling me something. Pat doesn't really find Seth Rollins entertaining, and I and I very much do. Right. So, yes. All right. The other thing I was just kind of getting to there is, uh, you kept using a term which I didn't, uh, Jeremy, which I which <laughs> I didn't which I didn't which I didn't recognize. Pay per view. What, what, what is, <laughs> what is, what well, is that? So back they in call the day. It now the WWE calls it premium event now. Oh, they're a premium saying, event now. Oh God, is, is, is that is that is that what you uh, you old people used to call a premium live event? Yes, <laughs> that's what we used to call a premium live event pay per view because you had to pay to view it on. Yeah, or, um, or unless you I mean, had a cheaper black box, then you were it, then you got it for free, you know. It's <laughs> still like a pay per view because you are paying fifty dollars for that. Changing yeah, their yeah, name from pay per view to premium event is the least of their fucking worries right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, premium event. Yes. What, what what I what I was getting at with bringing that up, and you know, I, I had SmackDown on Friday night for like the first you know twenty minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I heard Cole say the word and I, and I see and i'd seen this like written somewhere like that they're going to start referring to him as this and then i heard cole say the words premium live event and it's just <laughs> sounds so painfully forced and stupid and ridiculous that it's just like <laughs> wwe speak here we are in the orwellian times um so i i it's I, I, I don't know. Like, what's 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 the sense at this point? Like, why? 
yeah, yeah, there is other shit to worry there about. There is no, but they have all these words that you're not allowed to say, and they have all these rules in WWE, and they've just changed everything to where it, it's just it, when you read about some of that stuff, you're like, this is stupid. This is stupid. Like, you know, after listening to some of Freddie Prince's podcasts, he feels sorry for the people in WWE because they're scripting all their promos. Like, like that's probably part of the reason John Moxley jumped ship because they were fucking making him run out with a scripted promo. And you have guys like CM Punk and John Moxley. And there's a lot of guys in wrestling who don't need a scripted promo. They can go out and cut a promo from the hip and they're fine at it. And WWE doesn't want to do that. They want everybody that's not named John Cena and Dwayne Johnson they have a scripted promo. Well, and here's why. Here's one of the reasons why, okay? And and this is what I think has made a lot of people jump ship before getting fired. Is they're used to every if you ever listen to a promo, it doesn't matter what time frame you're listening to wrestling. If they're going to fight at a specific event, they talk about that event. They talk about the date. They talk about the time. WWE has gone has gotten so far from okay just don't talk about the event talk about the toys talk about this talk about this talk about this like they have 17 different things that these people have to talk about besides just what the match is going to be that they're going to be fighting in and when that's going to be like it's gotten over ridiculous like we as fans know that if something's coming up we know it's good we don't have to be told every time every paper, every promo that every person comes out and does they don't have to tell us about it we know that it's going to happen. Trust me. It's on your commercials in between your, on your breaks. It's everywhere. We don't need the wrestlers to tell us about it. We want the wrestlers to tell us how they're going to beat the shit out of the person in the next match that they have at the next premium live event. Now that they're calling them. Okay. That's what we need to fucking know. And that's it. And we want to know how they're going to do it. I'm going to take this chair and stick it up your ass. And then you're going to fucking feel the pain. All right. That's what I want to fucking know because that entertains me. Them telling me about, you know, how cool this person is because they've done 50 freaking uh, uh, make-a-wishes. That's great, but I don't fucking care. Fucking fantastic. Great for John Cena. I don't give a fucking shit. You know, you don't have to put that as part. Not that they put that as part of a promo, but you know what I'm getting at. Like, they overdo it with trying to sell us on every fucking thing that's going on that has nothing to do with the actual fucking wrestling. And that's why they got a scripted because who the fuck's going to remember that shit? Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You guys did just hear Jeremy say that he finds chairs being inserted up asses entertaining, right? <laughs> Each his own. Correct. Some, some, um, correct. I'm sure you guys also heard that. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> some, some people like to go to undisclosed in, like places and watch fucking people have death matches, like where you can't even announce where it is. They send you the <laughs> the day of to go watch fucking people do death matches in the middle of a fucking field somewhere in Pennsylvania and almost <laughs> die. New Jersey, New Jersey. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's some, that's what some people want. They want to watch people break light bulb tubes over each other and do crazy shit with fucking weed whackers and shit. So <laughs> Uh, that was a we- very weird episode of Be uh, Dark Side of the Rain. That was a very weird episode. <laughs> I, did, I didn't even watch that one because I've never seen Nick Gage do anything. No, so. The only reason I know about that is because I read Moxley's book and he talked about GCW yeah. and all deathmatch shit. And... Well, Nick Gage um, is the crazy fucking general. He sure is. Oh, shit. Damn it. We got to say something. 
Oh yeah, you're t- you're talking about like the WWE speak, like with the words you're not allowed to say and everything. Um, as I typically do most every year, one gets to be close to Royal Rumble time. I go back and watch like the old Royal Rumble matches and everything. And like a couple of days ago, I was watching Jeez. the 1990, the 1999 one, which you know was of course built around where Austin and Vince were one and two in the ring, but then Vince left the ring and Austin got ambushed by the corporation and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. And, you know, before Austin came back into the match, Michael Cole would drop in about every five minutes that Austin was still in the match, technically. And, you know, and Lawler would be like, no, he's in the hospital. And it was just so weird to hear a WWE announcer say the word hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, that's like one of the verboten words in WWE vernacular. You know, he's, he's he's at the medical center. Yeah, no longer in the hospital, medical center. Uh, we're we're so, too dumb to understand what that means. Um, I, I took, it's, not, it's not that it's like you think that people are too dumb to understand what the word hospital means. It's that Vince has something against the word hospital. You know, it just... Uh, I, 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 somebody posted this today and I read this and I kind of chuckled when I read this because this, this kind of, this is making fun of the backstage people at WWE. This guy's like, I'm a huge Lita fan. I'm glad she's back. But can we just talk about how incorrect her promo was? She said the reason she is back is because when she was a full-time wrestler, there wasn't a women's Royal Rumble match. And she wants to enter her first Royal Rumble match. Did yeah, she already about- do that? She's already been in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't she in the first women's Royal Rumble where they yes. like yes. about Bringing back well, former female wrestlers so we could say that says maybe WWE should double check their own history. Yeah, so. they need to. They're going to fire the guy who wrote that script for her. <laughs> WWE gets that shit wrong constantly. Again, when I'm going back and watching these old Royal Rumble matches, there's numerous times where I'm hearing JR make a, make a reference to something historical about the Royal Rumble where I instantly go, that's wrong. And I don't know, is, did JR get it wrong? Or was he fed the wrong information? More like than likely Mr. the second thing on that one. Right. Like when Mr. Perfect came back for the 2002 Royal Rumble, where he ended up being one of the last three guys in the ring. Like when he first gets into the ring, JR says that his first Rumble match was in 1993. And I'm saying, and I, of course, instantly said to myself, and I did it watching that one live, said no his last royal rumble match was 1993 (laughs) his first royal rumble match was 1989 the second one that they did or like and then there was one where i don't remember which one it was now but he said this is the first time in a royal rumble match where there is no previous royal rumble winner and i'm like (laughs) no there's been other ones (laughs) even i I know that I mean, obviously the first one, but all right, the second one, 1989. So you only had one previous winner, which was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He wasn't in that match. The 90 and 91 matches where Hogan won, there was no, well, the 91 match because Hogan won of both years. But the 1990 match, the two previous winners were Jim Duggan and Big John Studd. Neither of them were in that match. And then there was, there was one other one from like a year or two later. I think maybe it was the 1994 one where I said there was like, there was no prior winners in that. Now you've got five or six years to build on there too. So it's just, they, they, they get their own fucking history wrong. So I mean, well, I mean, again, Royal Rumble related. For years, they kept talking about how Bushwhacker Luke was the guy who had 
the record for the shortest time in the Royal Rumble match where like he came into the match. He, walked, and... he waltzed down, got clotheslined <laughs> out, and walked back. <laughs> he, he, he came into the, he, came, he walked, it was the 91 Royal Rumble match. He walked into, well, as soon as he got into the ring, Earthquake grabbed a hold of him, just marched him to the other side of the ring and tossed him out. He was in the ring for like, I think they kept saying it was 4.8 seconds. And for years, years, they said that was the shortest Royal Rumble time. The problem was they forgot about 1989 where the warlord got into the ring. And oh, my God, I remember that. Was, as soon as he was between the ropes, Hogan charged at him with a running clothesline and clotheslined him out, and he was in the ring for about two seconds. They finally corrected that, like, 16 years later when they did a spot where they had Santino break right. the record. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where Santino came like running into the ring, I think it was like Kane. He was in the ring for one second, right? Like, 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 like big booted him, and like he was like he was in for like less time than the Warlord, and he was all like, "I wasn't ready, I wasn't ready," you know. <laughs> but it was like so they were finally saying that the Warlord had been the guy who had the shortest time at that point. So it's like they get their own history wrong so often, and it's like that's why yeah, I don't listen I, to I, it. I'm a, I'm a little too obsessive <laughs> about some of these things. But you think I'm sitting at home and I can instantly say they just got that fact wrong. That's pretty sad. Well, well and, and they're doing it. They literally published their own encyclopedia. They're probably doing it often and we don't all realize it, but they probably are making mistakes like that more often than we know. And so. Darth Pat, you are our resident. Yeah historian on wrestling facts so you know yeah. I, I i'm not surprised that you Mr. pick fact up on that shit. over here <laughs> <laughs> these are fact checker over here so speaking of yeah. historical stuff uh we will be all watching the 1992 royal rumble at some point this following week and talking about that because it's uh a 30 years since the 1992 so why not talk why not look at watch that old 92 royal rumble and talk about it in 2022 do I have to watch the whole pay per view? Or can I just watch the Rumble match? I'm just watching the Rumble. I ain't watching the whole thing. I'm talking just the Rumble match. If you want to watch the undercard of that, you're certainly welcome to. No, but not really. I'm really, I'm, really just, <laughs> I'm really just talking about the the Rumble match itself. Okay, that's fine. And also, just later to clarify to, that later tonight we'll be giving our Mount Rushmore of our favorite tag teams. So you'll want to stay tuned for that because that'll be interesting to see who's favorite, who everybody's favorite tag teams are. I'm gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna say Darth Pat's gonna throw out the Bushwhackers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there is a topic I wanted to bring up in the world of college football, which I Ooh, found Alabama losing because that was pretty fucking fantastic. I thought that was pretty no, awesome. I mean, I, 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 it was I, good. I honestly didn't care. I mean, hats off to Georgia, obviously, especially after the way Alabama embarrassed them in the SEC title game. So, yes. you know, hands off to them that they uh, learned you know, the same thing to happen. And, uh, well, it looks like Big Ben's career is ending rather ignominiously here. Yeah, it's not good. They're, that, they're getting smashed right now. Yeah, that game got out of control real fast. But I, I expect <laughs> that to happen tonight. Yes, and so. we'll talk about football in just a little bit after yes. college football. Yeah. Okay. So, do we all know who Kirk Ferentz is? Mm, yes. No. Yeah, Iowa's coach. Yes, he's the head coach okay. of the University of Iowa, and he has been for quite some time. I believe he is the longest tenured coach in all of college football. 
And, you know, it's pretty I'm impressive pretty- for Iowa considering they haven't, their program has not been like spectacular every year. It's been okay um, most they're, years. They're usually a pretty solid program. They're a pretty good program. Uh, yeah, he's been there since 1999 now. Wow. Um, you know, and I know him from the extensive, you know, the Penn State and Iowa have a pretty good back and forth rivalry where Iowa usually fucks over Penn State seasons pretty often. Uh, they also played. They also. They also once played a six to four game, which my parents attended live. I believe when they got home, I asked them, "How badly did you want to kill yourselves?" <laughs> wow, a six to four game. Jeez. Yeah, that was in, that was in the mid aughts when my sister was still uh, at at Penn State and two field goals play. and two safeties. How the hell do you pull that shit off? Exactly. <laughs> But anyway, a year or so ago, there was an investigation into Iowa's football program where they found evidence of racial bias against black players and bullying behavior by some assistant coaches. Oh, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Well, I hadn't really heard anything about this story uh, for a while. Now, earlier this week, uh, Kirk Ferentz and the university came to an agreement on a contract extension, which will keep him on the sidelines through 2029, which will be 30 years, which will be then like 30 years. Do they not really care about putting together a national championship team? They're not a team that's expected to be a national title contender. They have an uphill climb in the fact that they're in the Big Ten West, where there's they don't get the best athletes. They're always going to be uh, thought of as a second-run program compared to Iowa State, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. You know that kind of shit. But anyway, they're more worried about basketball anyway at that college. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 French just got this contract extension. Okay. There was an alumni advisory committee that was created after that investigation last year to, I guess, just further like look into potential issues and within the program about this, that, and the other thing. The head of that committee apparently recommended to the university that it was time to move on from Kirk Ferentz. As I just said, the university gave Ferentz an extension for seven more years. Ferentz has now disbanded that alumni advisory committee. Oh, that's nice that he's allowed to disband it. He's the head coach of a football program, not university head. You do not, yeah, you're not an athletic director or a president or any of that shit. How does that work? <laughs> so all I can say is, huh. Somebody's guilty. <laughs> What'd you do, Boomer? <laughs> it's, I, I'm sorry. It's just if I'm a minority, you know, if I'm a black player, Knowing that something like this happened and then seeing something like this happen, why should Iowa even be on my list? You know, where's my red flag? I need a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this is a story that I'm afraid is going to fly a little bit too much under the radar, but this sounds pretty fucked up to me. You know, again, investigation occurs, finds problem, advisory committee formed. Recommends coach be fired. University extends coach. Coach disbands people who to say they sh- he should have been fired. Huh? 
Right. And, and see, here's what's and the so, NCAA going to do about it? Not a goddamn fucking thing, because that's how fucked up they are. Right. See, and, and that's the thing. Have, they don't have any power to do anything anyway. But yeah, yeah. Well, see, and here's the thing. Well, so they totally I mean, should have some type of extent, but I know that it's not a criminal thing uh, <laughs> in regards to racial bias. But the NCAA was quick, very quick to jump on Penn State and fucking like just give them everything that they felt that they possibly could. Now, I know the NCAA really doesn't have a whole lot of jurisdiction to to with certain enforcement of certain things. But don't you think they can launch their own investigation into it and be like, okay, yeah, we did find this, and this is really wrong, so this is what we're going to do based on the fact that this actually did happen. Like, they have the power to launch an investigation and find out if there was really any wrongdoing. Why don't they? Like, it doesn't make sense why they don't. No one trusts Cause them. Because <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a huge – that's a big, big red mark on just – not only Iowa as a college, that's a big red mark on the NCAA as a whole for allowing that kind of action to take place within the college system. Like that's a, because I mean, if you think, just think about it, a majority of college athletes are black athletes. Like whether you want, whether you want to see it or not, it's the fucking truth. Like it is the truth. That's who makes up a majority of the athletes in, in, most of these colleges. So like, I, I don't get it. I, yeah, I really so don't, especially in this day and age. Yeah. It's just, it's really everything. Um, you know, just, just everything about this is just really bad. Check it off I mean, as another black mark against the NCAA in some manner. So yeah, the, but, it, but it's all, but it's also, again, it's, it's unfortunate. The university is essentially siding with your coach and I guess saying that, okay, yeah, well, there was an investigation that found this, but we don't think it's his responsibility, even though his assistants were carrying it out, um, or that, well, we're siding with him and we don't think it's a problem. That's ba- that's basically what it's it's doing. So There was a – I saw this week. I don't, know who, I don't know who did it, but I've seen it, and Jay told me about it too. Somebody did a study and came up with the most five most arrogant fan bases in college sports. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Um, I I I, I don't I don't completely agree with the list because there's one college that's about ninety miles south of here that wasn't on the list, and they had they I don't know how the fuck they weren't on the list. <laughs> uh, you just well, made the list. <laughs> I mean arrogance. I mean depends on the way you describe that word. So, so who were Al- the top? Who were they? Alabama was one. Notre Dame was two. Puke hmm. was three. Auburn was four, and Michigan State was five. The four and Michigan five. State? Yeah. Four and five, I'm like scratching my head. How are the Buckeyes not on that list? Fucking Jesus. Like the but even Jay, who's a Buckeyes fan, said Ohio State should have been on the list. <laughs> I've never gotten states on that list. Are you kidding me? Uh, What'd you I've say, never, Joe? I said Michigan State's on yeah. that list. That's a joke. I've never got when I when I think of the Michigan State fan base, arrogant. Is not a word. I is not a word. I think I, I agree. Auburn too. And I do, and I don't really, and I don't really mean that in a negative way, though. I do, um, because I've never gotten this. Like 
arrogant to me means like you know you got your nose up in the air. Notre Dame, yeah, definitely. Duke, Duke? yeah, definitely. Alabama, uh, definitely. I'm going to go with Alabama, though. Uh, with Alabama's case, you can say that they continue to earn it. Right, you know? right. No, they do. Warranted. They have one hundred percent earned it. So yeah, but I don't. Uh, Auburn and Michigan State. I don't know. And if we're just if we're just saying the college, like we're not specifying the program because obviously it's Notre Dame football and Duke basketball. Well, no, yeah, no, it's just the college. It's just, it's just, you know, because obviously for Duke, it's their basketball. So, right, right. Uh, oh, you mean they don't have a great football program too? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's probably Ask Pat about that one. There's probably got to be five or six schools at least that I would put on there before I'd even consider Auburn or Michigan State. Yeah, right. That sounds like. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Oregon, USC. It, Texas. it sounds like whoever made yeah. that list had a North personal Carolina. bias. You put North Carolina on there. Yeah. It, it kind of seems like whoever no. made that list had a personal bias, maybe towards no. those schools based on the person, based on their experience, maybe I through didn't going no, to I those didn't places. It's really only four and five that are the issue. One through yeah. three. One, two, no, three, no, or five. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute those. scratchers. So like, yeah. I was just like, eh. So yeah. well, that's what I mean. Maybe they had a personal bias against those particular schools for some I reason, whatever. I, I felt like I didn't read a lot about, it, but I felt like it was a very in-depth study and it wasn't just done by one person. It was some kind of group of people. So it wasn't like it was just this one guy or two people doing it. It sounded like it was a group and it was something that they, I don't know what exactly they're measuring. Next time it comes up on my Facebook, I'm going to like click on it and read the actual article instead of just who the top five are. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, because I would be interested to know what their criteria was for arrogant fans. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I granted I live here, but I've read books. I've read multiple <laughs> books about college sports. And there it's not just me. There are other people, like I've read other people say that the fans and shit bus are idiots and they're arrogant and they're assholes. So it's not like I mean. My friend Mickey got pushed down the fucking stairs in a fucking Buckeyes game because he had Miami Hurricanes shit on by Buckeyes fans. So that right there sums it up in a nutshell. Well, and that's funny because they don't even play the Hurricanes, so that's not even like a rivalry school. Well, they were like, playing in that, that week, though. They had a home-at-home home with them, so they did play them. So, oh. so, But Mickey got thrown down the stairs by like three Ohio's. He got beat up and thrown down the stairs. Well, you no. should have known better. That would have been like wearing Yankee stuff in Fenway Park. Well, I, but I can understand if you would have been wearing Michigan stuff. Like no, there would be. There's but, no justification beating uh, somebody up and throwing them down the no, stairs. No, I'm not saying there is, but I would at least <laughs> understand it more if it was Michigan stuff. Like I would understand the the thought process in an Ohio State fan if it was somebody wearing Michigan. It's not right either way. But at least it, it, there's okay. There's the school rivalry thing, you know. Hurricanes, like, where's the fucking rivalry that goes along with the the thought processes of that? Playing, they did play for a national title this century once, so there there might be a little bit of it, like, there might be a little bit of it there because when you play another team for a national title, then there's a little bit there at least. But so. it just it just goes to show you. You know, people always want to say, oh, these fans are the worst. These fans are the worst. Like, Eagles always get, oh, the Eagles fans are the worst. You know, or Philly fans in general are the worst, Joe. Um, <laughs> I mean, 
they're they're top five. They, I'm not saying they're not. I have valid reasons for my comment but, saying that. But there are just idiotic fans everywhere. Everywhere. And that's why for for AJ. I'm glad he's probably never gone to see like a Denver Broncos game live at Denver at the, at the mile high stadium or certain teams, because like, I would hate to hit, I would hate for you to have that experience of seeing the the teams that you love, see their fans act like idiots or something. I, like that. I've been to, I've been to Yankee stadium 10 times, Jeremy. So. Well, I mean, I don't know what your experience has been at Yankee stadium. I had a great experience at Yankee stadium. Granted, I went when they were playing the Orioles, and I wore a Yankees hat just because I felt like wearing a Yankees hat because I, mean, I didn't had, have any, didn't like any of the teams, so it didn't really fucking matter to me. <laughs> me and Pat and Joe went and dealt with some drunk dipshit idiots at there. So, like, I mean, it, yeah, I, they I thought the White Sox played at Wrigley Field. Yes, I remember you saying. <laughs> I remember one. I, I I remember one thing about there's, that there's love it too. That day was hot. There's there's levels of yes, it was. Yeah, uh, there's different so, levels of stupidity. Like I've seen, like when I went to the Eagles game a couple years ago, there was a, a Giants guy that was sitting right in front of him. Now he was with an Eagles fan. Him and him and his buddy was you know one guy liked the Giants, one guy liked the Eagles. Nobody bothered that person. Okay, in our section, but a couple sections over, there was a Giants fan acting like an ass. So what did the Eagles fans do? Treated him like an ass. And he ended, that person ended up getting thrown out. But there's and that just goes to show you sometimes it's warranted when you're going to if you're going to be a fan of another team, if you just sit there and act like a normal person, most likely nobody's going to bother you. Now, will you get some drunken fans that maybe spill beer on you because you're like, "Oh, fuck the Giants," especially if they're winning, might dump beer on you because you're a Giants fan? Yes. But for the most part, you're probably not going to be bothered. But you know, there's, there's always those instances, depending on how <laughs> stupid the fan is, you know, it's just, like I said, it all depends. There's a good chance you won't, but there's also a good chance you will. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's fucked up and it's, and it doesn't matter where you go. There's always those dumbass fans, but Philly does get a bad rap because there are too many instances of the drunken. I'm from Philly fan, not the, well, I'm a Philadelphia the Philly. Mm-hmm. You guys did throw snowballs at Santa. Well, there yeah, was actually a very see everybody remembers that, but they don't remember that Santa was fucking drunk too. <laughs> just like the no, Santa shouldn't be coming out drunk. <laughs> just like the fans, and, the fans. You know why? You know why there's there's plastic bottles because the fucking fans in Cleveland were chucking right. beer bottles at a fucking ref. That's why there's plastic bottles in yeah. stadiums now because of the fucking fans in Cleveland. So I mean, well, 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 it's funny you should say that because apparently. Uh, the crowd in uh, Dallas was yes, chucking people stuff at their own players. Well, well, no, apparently, apparently, they were not actually throwing stuff at their own players. They were throwing them after at the officials because I guess in Prescott's post game press conference here. Dak Prescott, after finding out that fans were aiming trash and debris at the officiating crew and not Cowboys players, a credit to them then. Translation, I'm glad they were throwing stuff at the officials. When he fucked up. (laughs) That's the hilarious part. He's the one who fucked up. 
Well, I mean, that's great that he's that he just encouraged his fan base to throw shit at, at officials because that will that's something that that was. The, I NFL, know, the, NFL, the NFL better find him for those comments. Yeah, they and they showed the play. There was no time left on the clock. Like he, like they tried to spike it, and the referee they said has to touch the ball before you can like whistle the play on. And he didn't. The center tried to snap the ball to Dak without the referee touching the ball. It, the clock hit zero. Game over. That's it. There's nobody messed a call up there. It's just people nope. being stupid. And and they showed the replay. I thought, they, I thought I thought San Francisco had the first down a minute and a half before that on the fourth down. I thought they had the first down and they reversed that call to give Dallas the ball back. So yeah, that was kind of a bullshit too. Dak, if Dak should what he should have done was just got up and handed the ball to the ref, not hand the ball to your fucking center and your center places the fucking ball where he thinks it should be. Um, yeah, you just fucked yourselves. Like so you're a dumbass. You, when you're in a press conference, you say my bad. You own up to it. Yeah, I fucked up there. But no, let's let's cheer the fans for throwing shit up the ref. I fucked up, but I'm not gonna own up to it. So all right. So going back to the whole Santa got th- snowballs thrown at him and by the Eagles fans. So <laughs> I, I found an article because Pat said Darth Pat said he well, no, he wasn't drunk. Okay. So I've seen interviews with the guy who was Santa Claus that day. He never indicated that he was drunk in any way, shape, or form. Right. So evidently what happened, based on this article that I found uh, on MassLive.com, the Santa that was supposed to be there got stuck in Jersey because of a snowstorm. And they pulled a random fan out of the thing, out of the stands that was dressed up as Santa. And he was not a very good Santa because evidently he had one of the fake beards. He looked disheveled and possibly drunk. Well, that's your guys' fault for taking the guy out yeah, of the stands. Like Santa. <laughs> I don't know why they would do that. That sounds just like stupid, but evidently fans knew that Santa up to fail. Evidently, they fans knew Santa was supposed to be coming because he was coming with like a fifty-piece brass band and shit like that, and they were going to be playing "Here Comes Santa Claus," and he was supposed to come out. So yeah, um, I. The guy probably was not drunk and evidently was not as the interview goes. But, uh, yeah, this was back in, what, 1968 <laughs> that this happened. And people still bring that shit up today. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, the, hey, stuff with, listen. the stuff with the beer bottles in Cleveland happened in the 90s. And, yes. I mean, that. Yeah. I, I mean, I still remember that, too. So what was that? I was trying to listen, but I missed the whole Dallas thing. So who got who was they were throwing stuff at their own players? Well, it looked like they were. Oh, I saw a video. The refs. It looked oh. like somebody threw something at a, at a Cowboys player, but apparently it was meant to hit the ref. Fantastic, because the ref made a bad call. Yeah, no. and when they, told, and when they, they were trying to blame the refs, but it wasn't their fault. And when they told Prescott that he thought it was great that the fans were doing that. So. Oh, fantastic. So, he, so he's an inciter of violence against refs. You can put it that way, yeah. So he's going to get a lot of calls next year that aren't going to go his way. <laughs> no, no, they can't do that. Because, because, uh, I was a bitch for that all, guy. As we, as we all know, if you throw a flag against the Cowboys in Dallas, you're taking a chance with your life. Yes. I yeah, know. I mean, they had 14 penalties today in that game. So that, that so lady, yes, let's talk about football now. Yeah, let's, let's uh, talk about some NFL, bitch. They, I just, I did want to tell Joe and them 
So my friend Jay started calling Texas A&M, Texas ATM now, since they pay all their players now. He's like, they're Texas ATM going forward. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, Because of the uh, yes. NIL they're, shit. They're one of the, the – that state, you can manipulate that rule more than other states, apparently, in Texas. So Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, well, that, we... What, Pat? No, go ahead. That lady – the lady that I work with, who I told you guys – she she's a Cowboys fan, and after the Broncos <laughs> beat the Cowboys earlier this year, I sent her a text and I shit not on the just Cowboys. Beat them. Like, How about the Cowgirls? They got the ass whipped today, right? Whipped yeah, them. They whooped them. <laughs> so, so she she like texted me last week after the Broncos fired their coach. She's like, "Oh, you guys fired their coach. We made the playoffs." And I texted back to her, "If you win a Super Bowl this century, then we'll talk." <laughs> so after they lost today i was like impressive showing by the cowgirls and <laughs> she texted me and she's like your sarcasm is duly noted at least we went to the playoffs really that's the best you that's the best up. that cowboys fans can come up with playoffs? anymore no, no, no. that's the best and i told her guys when i when i talked to her on the phone i said the broncos have won three super bowls since the last time dallas won one super bowl and she still blew me off. And I'm just like, this is why I can't, I don't want to be sexist here, but this is where it's hard to talk about sports with women sometimes. Cause they, when they don't know what they're well, talking about, well, let, let me, let me put you that and put that in. It's hard to talk sports with a Cowboys fan in general because Cowboys <laughs> right, fans right. And, and a lot of fans do this. So I won't just narrow this down to Cowboys fans, but Cowboys fans in general like to go back to, well, we have five. Yes, you do. You I do. agree. You got five rings, 100%. You got three with Troy Aikman and two before that. Right. Okay. I don't give a shit before my lifetime. So. Right. So, yes, you got three with Troy Aikman. But as soon as Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith were gone, you fucking tank. And you, <laughs> have, you guys have pretty much fucking sucked since then. Yes, you have winning seasons. Yes. But you have gone to two playoff games in a, since 1996 and have lost both. <laughs> That's not good. So and don't try and rub it in my face that you got these Super Bowl wins when your team can't do shit because Jerry Jones tries to enter is too far involved in the fucking in in, in your team and how that team gets run. You're I knew the you owner. Kick well, out that, so. Oh yeah, it's fucking yeah, hilarious. But yeah, it's also it's also like you know Notre Dame fans who keep saying, "Oh well, we're Notre Dame. You haven't won a national title since 1988. You haven't won a major bowl game since 1993." And you know. Yankees fans are have to start facing this shit too because they haven't been to a fucking World Series for you know 13 years now since 2009. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's great that we've got 27 and everything. We just went an entire decade without even making the World Series, and that had not happened since the 1910s. So, but yeah, um, yeah. It's one thing to it's one thing if you want to be like, oh, we won a Super Bowl. Like if I'm an Eagles, being an Eagles fan, yeah, we won a Super Bowl. Then the Dallas Cowboys come back and say, yeah, but we have five. Okay, you got me. Yeah. But if you want to compare right nows, like we have a Super Bowl this fucking decade. All right. You <laughs> when was the Cowboys' you, last Super Bowl? When? 1996. Nine, yeah, the 95 season. Nine, yeah, 95, 96 was the. Yeah, the game was played in January of 96. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, sorry. So Ninety-five. They have one, one, two, three, four playoff games since then. 
Oh, they've won four playoff games since then. How many in, how many events how many since 2000? Cuz they didn't win any with Romo. 3. Okay, so they've won three playoff games this century then. They Who won the wild card game in 2000 and well, 2000 the 2009 season, they beat the Eagles, sorry. 34-14. And then they lost to Minnesota. Uh, 34-3. And then uh, 2014 season, they beat Detroit, then lost to the Packers. Okay. And, and then 2018, they beat Seattle and then lost to the Rams. Oh, I didn't think they won that game. thought they lost that game. Yeah, we all remember that 2014 game with the Packers. That was the, the Des Bryant catch game. Mm. Yeah, the was it a catch? Was it in a catch? Yeah. So I mean, they had a great they had a great showing in the 2007 divisional playoffs where they got beat at home by the Giants. You know, so, yeah. so it's it's uh, just one of those things. Like, unless you're making it to <laughs> at least the NFC Championship, it getting to the playoffs doesn't mean shit. Unless you're starting, unless you're winning in the playoffs. Well, well like, right. That's what I say. When she's coming with, well, at least we made the playoffs. <laughs> number one. It's now a seventeen playoff, so whoop de do. Exactly. It's it's because that's it's now statistically easier to get to the playoffs, you know. And two, you had a home playoff game and you <laughs> lost. So that's like the bare minimum bragging point. Yeah, we got to the playoffs and we lost to a team that wasn't. And as an Eagles fan, I can say, yeah, we made the playoffs too. Uh, <laughs> like, what, what, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah, it was not thinnest, good. By the thinnest of margins, was is a record that like you had like what, what was a one win against the winning team, and you know, yeah. So I, it's yeah. like, did we have a win against the winning team? What winning team did we beat? Um, I'm trying to think. That's Denver? Right. Did Denver have a winning record, or did they no. end up with a losing record? No, they, no, they, they have put. That's what I thought I heard them say on the radio today when I was going to pick up my grocery order. But, you know, it was somebody probably was saying it wrong because I thought we went over that a week or two ago. And we yeah, I'm pretty sure they have any wins with any against any winning teams. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't because they beat Atlanta, who had a losing record. They beat yeah. Denver, who had a losing record. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Giants, who had a losing record. Right, they lost to the Giants, who had a losing record. They beat the Giants, so that's three. They got two wins against Washington, which with those they are losers. Cowboys once in the regular season was that what? Nope, they didn't beat the Cowboys either time because the first game they weren't prepared. The second game they played their fucking second and third stringers, uh, so they knew they were that that game was going to be a loss. The Dak is one in three in the playoffs now. That's fucking fantastic. And he got that night. He didn't get a super huge contract, but he did get a nice contract. So he's he's yes. earned it. He's yeah, earning yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't have any wins against teams with winning records. So yeah. whoever said whoever said that on the radio was a misinformed deep shit. So let's talk so, about some of the rest of the uh, the playoff games since. Well, 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 real quick before we get to the okay. on field stuff, I just want to remind everybody that for three of us here. You know, AJ's team, <laughs> AJ's team fired their coach. Joe's team fired their coach and GM. My Finally. team fired. If my team fired their GM, you know, he he retired. <laughs> that was a forced retirement. Oh yes, 
Either and you retire then, or we will retire you. <laughs> and then they too decided to fire their coach. Uh-oh. And the only thing I, I can't speak for Joe or AJ here, but when it comes to the fact that my team fired their coach and GM, all I can say is. <laughs> I mean, I, I've come to terms with the fact that Denver needs a quarterback. So if it's Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, whoever it ends up being next year, I'm going to have to deal with it because they, they need How, a quarterback. Too. I would love <laughs> I would love for you to, to have to root for the Denver Broncos with Aaron Rodgers as the fucking quarterback. Most people would love to see that. That's why I'm hoping it's Russell Wilson. Because so. well, I, I can't see you root for Aaron Rodgers. You'd be like, yep, the Broncos won. And then it'd be like, hey, how about that Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yeah, the Broncos won. You're right. <laughs> I want them to make the playoffs and be be a, be a threat. So, and they need a quarterback. That's yeah. it. Like, all of everybody who I'm friends with who watches the NFL has said, Matt, the Broncos are a quarterback away from winning that division potentially or definitely making the playoffs. So, I, I would agree with that. From what I saw of the Broncos this year, they have a very good balanced good offense. And they have enough weapons on offense. So yeah. Teddy, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, just, you know, we, we don't know he could get better, but it, it's a big if, you know, so, so I, we'll see. I, I, we'll see. Uh, That's I, what Denver's off season is going to consist of getting a quarterback. Yeah. I, I saw, I saw this little blurb from some San Diego writer. And cause like I clicked on this article because it was related to some of the baseball hall of fame related, but he had all these little, like little, little like one liners in his article about like other sports. And one of them was Vic Fangio's problem was that John Elway couldn't find a quarterback at a family reunion. So, (laughs) and you know, I think that's where a lot of the blame has to go for the Broncos struggling over the last few years. No, it does. He's, he got, he got Peyton Manning to go there and it, it did wonders, but since then, not a lot of good yeah. has happened. So yeah, yeah, you know, you know, Trevor Simeon, Drew Locke, and Teddy Bridgewater, and you know, Paxton Lynch, and probably two other guys I'm forgetting. So yeah, yeah, but I'll just say this real quickly about the Giants. It looks like they're taking the process seriously, in that supposedly the guys who were like already with the organization are not actually candidates for the GM job, and they are casting. What looks to be so far a pretty wide net as far as talking to people from other organizations, like they talked to a guy with the Bills and a guy with the Ravens. and Oh, maybe uh, they'll talk to the defensive coordinator from the Eagles because evidently he's got two interviews for a head coaching job. Well, I'm just talking about GM right now. I'm just talking oh. about the GM because they got to do that first. Um, and so, so it sounds like, sounds like they're taking the process seriously of hiring a GM. And then they've said that the GM will be the guy who hires the head coach, even though they can say that all they want, but that's not entirely true. This is still the Giants. It's still a family organization. They'll still have to sign off on whoever the GM wants to bring in as a head coach. But like, it wouldn't surprise me if they do like a package thing. Like if they hire this guy from the Bills to be the GM, it wouldn't surprise me that if he wants to hire the guy who's the Bills offensive coordinator, Brian Daywell, who's been mentioned before. Yeah. If they, if they hire this guy from the Chiefs, it wouldn't surprise me if they hire Eric Bieniemy, who's their offensive coordinator. You know th- that kind of a situation. But because this is the Giants, 
and because they do things the giant way. <laughs> the two owners are have been conducting these like interviews, you know, so far with the GM candidates. But right. the one owner's brother would have a front office job that would report to the general manager has also been in on these interviews. That's how our organization is doing shitty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if, my, it, if my team does not get this right, I'm rooting for the next expansion team. <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of at the point too because it's like I, I've always asked my dad what it was like to be a Giants fan between 1963 and 1979 uh, when they were, you know, fucking god awful and everything. And, you know, he just goes, yeah, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, yeah, it's like it's been a decade of, of futility now and everything. But again, the fact that you're, I don't care if his name is Mara, I don't really give a fuck. The fact that you're letting him sit in on interviews to decide the guy who is going to be his boss is stupid. Where exactly in life do you get to do that? Nowhere. So it's speaking about that, I have a real quick question. I'm understanding I was there was a, a little like CBS blurb uh, that go that happened during um, WIP, you know, one of the shows that I listened to. The mayors are one of the owners of that team, right? Yeah, the, they right. The, they were like the founders and sole owners of the team up until some point in the nineties. Now it's a co-ownership between the Mara family and the Tish family. Right, and if I understand it correctly, for if I if I remember this correctly from the the, the point that they're making, that the mayors are appointing people that don't necessarily have any credentials to take those positions in the organization. The organization has long had what you could charitably call nepotism issues. Uh, again, the owner's brother, I don't remember exactly what his title is now, having this position. Is he really qualified for that position? I don't know exactly. Um, the owner's nephew holds uh, some other front office position. Is he qualified for it? I don't know. Um, but this has been this has been something that they, they always keep things within the giant family. I've, I've alluded to this before. When the franchise was so down on its fucking ass at the end of the 70s, Wellington Mara was feuding with his with his brother Tim pretty heavily over the direction of the team. They've been a laughing stock. Pete Rosell, the commissioner, basically stepped in to try to play peacemaker and say, you idiots are running this franchise into the ground, which is supposed to be one of the signature franchises of this league. The way you've been doing things has not been working. You need to go outside of your organization to bring in somebody new. And they hired George Young as general manager. And he slowly but surely turned the franchise around. And he was pretty much the architect of their first two Super Bowl teams. And you right. know, the fact that he made gotcha. the right choice, the right choice to like elevate Bill Parcells to head coach and shit like that. And they, you know, they started drafting guys better, you know, it, you know, Lawrence Taylor was handed to them, but still, uh, you know, that kind of shit. Gotcha. But that's, okay. that's basically the way it's been now though, is that uh, when George Young finally retired and he had kind of fallen behind the curve of the game at the time, uh, you know, like he wouldn't engage in pre-agency and that hurt the Giants 
for several years there in the late 90s. So Ernie Accorsi took over, who was George Young's assistant, and that worked fine. And then when he retired, they put Jerry Reese, who was Accorsi's assistant in. That worked for about a year or two. And then it seemed like everything he did backfired. And then they waited forever to fire him. And then when they fired him, they brought in Dave Gettleman, who wasn't working with the Giants at the time, but had worked for the Giants previously. And they only interviewed like him and like two other people for that GM job. And one of them was the guy who was still currently the assistant GM. So their way of doing things has just been atrociously right. bad for a very long time now. So as long as they, if they're going to go outside of the organization to hire a new GM, that's fine. But then they have to let him run the team with minimal interference. And we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. We really will have no idea for a couple of years. That was yeah. probably. All right. So talking, let's talk some scores from NFL on wild card weekend. Um, the Bengals beat the Raiders 26 to 19, which was kind of interesting to see just because the, you the Raiders had chances because the refs gave them chances. I saw I saw bits and pieces of that game, and I really thought the uh, Bengals were, you know, were like um, going to lose because the refs were giving them, like I said, the Raiders opportunities. But the Raiders did not exploit those opportunities and ended up losing that game, anyways, which was quite fantastic. Can I just correct you very quickly here? Sure. The Bengals were an '80s pop group who told us to walk like an Egyptian. I said the Bengals. The Bengals. Oh, it's oh. So I got to say the Bengals. The Bengals are the NFL team. Tell who me how many announcers say that right. Who just won? Who just won their first playoff game in thirty-one years? Yes, yes. I guarantee you that if you listen to announcers, they must almost all say the Bengals and not the Bengals. Well, they're all wrong because that's just the way I pronounce it. It has nothing to do with pronouncing it incorrectly. Yes, it does. Shut up. <laughs> How about that? All right. And then we had this. This was probably my one of my favorite losses besides the Dallas loss. And that was the Bills beating up on the fucking Patriots. 47 oh, to fucking 17. Now, with that being said, I have a clip from a guy that I follow on YouTube. Not on YouTube. Sorry. Not on YouTube. On TikTok. And he is funny as hell. He is uh, his... His his uh, boy oh boy, his name on there is uh, Trap House Sports, and he just he's really really funny the way he does these like recaps of these games. Now he does have one flaw; he's a Cowboys fan, oh. so you know that's that's his only flaw. But he's really really funny when he does these. So I want to wait for Darth Pat to get back, and then I'm gonna play it because he's he does he did one. He usually tries to do every game uh, unless they're like really bad games. Like the one Eagles gotcha. game was really bad. He didn't do that one, but he did the Bills and the and the uh, Patriots game. So I want to play that one for you guys. And then of course you had the Eagles, who, in my personal opinion, as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, did not deserve to be in the playoffs, but because they expanded to the seven teams and they were the best of the worst of the NFC. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> they got in. <laughs> Um, hey, just 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 be careful because uh, once you, once uh, expansion comes in the next five years, you're gonna you might see some more of that. Yeah, don't be surprised. Right. So, Darth Pat, as I was mentioning, these guys, I'm gonna play a little <laughs> clip from TikTok from this guy from uh, Trap House Sports. He's very he's very entertaining when he does these recaps of games. So, 
let me okay come on sometimes this doesn't want to work the way i want it to okay there we go because it hates you trebek <laughs> yes true all right so you guys will be able to hear this and see this so like i said he's it's the bills and the patriots game i'll just uh i'll stop talking and let him do his little spiel Hey, yo, this game right here was an absolute cattywampus. Super wild card continues. We got the Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots. Or should I say the New England Patriots? Because they were not P. This shit was not P. The Patriots <laughs> got absolutely fucking hornswoggled by Josh Allen. Josh Allen was out there playing like he was trying to get his break tackle overall up in Madden. Josh Allen was out there playing like he was fresh off of two PBR. Josh Allen was out there playing like someone said they was going to confiscate all his jean shorts if he didn't play well. Look at this shit right here. Look at his fucking throw. It looked like he was throwing it away. Nope. He said, get your ass up little boy oh god damn it we got mac jones right here we got jeremy from fucking phineas and ferb we got asher from all american out here making passes look at this shit mac jones look like the physical embodiment of a sneeze look at this semi-athletic airpod right here being mobile and elusive we find out mac jones out here trying to be a mobile quarterback this motherfucker got a cannon though look at this shit right here he out here throwing up punch and shit the other team motherfucker threw an absolute bomb to the fucking bills but he plays for the patriots that shit is crazy now nah, look at josh allen right here with this fucking laser josh allen was out here playing like post malone text him some words of encouragement right before the game started. Josh Allen looked like he listened to Hobson before every game. Look at this shit. He told this grown man that he was not strong enough to bring him down. These motherfuckers scored on every possession they had. He goes Singletary with the fucking touchdown right here. Look at the That's Patriots. That's even crazy right there. Out there. They did one good thing, though. Know, they blocked the kick. And look at this shit right here. It looked like Mac Jones got his ass whooped. That wasn't a sack. That was an ass whooping. It was treating Mac Jones like he was talking on the internet and they just called him lacking. It was treating Mac Jones like he from 63rd. Now, this shit right here was crazy. Look at Josh Allen. He hit him with that motherfucking. Ah! Now, hold on. I got to run that shit back real quick. Look at this shit. He hit him with that motherfucking. Ah! 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 Right now, that shit was crazy right there. And this motherfucker getting shifty out here. hit moves running in for the fucking touchdown. The score is like 900 to 0 at this point. You go down 27 0 in the playoff game, you should be banned from the playoffs for the next two years. See this absolute shit show over play. They tried to run a fake spike and Mike Jones gets sacked. Bill Belichick was over there absolutely befuddled. Did you look at this? Another pass by Mike Jones. Straight to the defense! I sound a little like Thomas is trained if he was athletic. This motherfucker's arm talent this shit was crazy manual sanders with the motherfucking touchdown in the end zone oh when i'll be damned now we gotta watch more mac jones but this throw right here was elite he dropped that bitch right in the bucket look at this shit that boy took off that boy was gone he was running like they told him he was gonna go to the jets if he didn't play hard oh fuck did you get the patriots to get a fucking touchdown this fucking stiff arm right here this shit was aggressive and violent fucking around the stiff he's gonna go to the jets if he didn't play hard you're not driving nowhere for two weeks bitch patriots offense was shitting the bucket they defense was shitting the bucket guess who also was shitting the bucket the special team this shit looked like a punt return on madden this shit was a video game right here i was wondering like all his past decisions was trying to catch up to him patriots absolutely were not pushing p i guess they were pushing p they was pushing p right down their leg where the coach 30 the buffalo bills are about ten thousand points and josh allen still out here playing hard look at this shit nah these motherfuckers are about five hundred thousand points and they still out here being creative we got a pass to the fucking lineman in the end zone what the fuck yes the pages go back down and score but that shit don't fucking matter they got <laughs> like he's just, he that dude that is entertaining funny. so shout out the trap oh, house sports God. That was funny. I wonder that how was many definitely takes, funny. I wonder how many takes that uh, he needs we'll to see do if, that because you know he just doesn't stop. You know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no. We'll see if Buffalo blew their wad yesterday, though. Yeah, so, we will. We'll see well, if they if they if they can, can redo re um redo that uh, wonderful um, showing again. Well, they're gonna they got, have to. Uh, they're gonna play. The 
Yeah, they're gonna have to go out to Kansas City now. So they didn't play well. I mean, they played well for a half last year against them, and then yeah, yeah. So, so what do we got? It's gonna be Buffalo at Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati at Tennessee. Cincinnati at Tennessee, and then the uh, NFC. It's gonna be San Francisco at Green Bay, and whoever wins tomorrow at at Tampa Bay. Yes, because as we alluded to it. the 49ers did beat the Cowboys in a wonderful score of 23 to 17. So that's an awesome thing. Uh, and it is final. The Chiefs beat the Steelers 42 to 21. That's terrible. And we now, <laughs> and we now presume that Ben Roethlisberger rides off into the sunset. So yes, they can finally yeah. bury him. Yes. Dead man walking. Um <laughs> <laughs> And tomorrow, oh, for the first time ever, as far as I know, because they're making a big deal out of it, is we have a playoff night. game on Monday night. So, yeah. Oh, get shit. the Rams against the Cardinals. It's going to be a we random Cardinal. A, we get the Moon Knight trailer during it somewhere. Mahomes, Mahomes was 30 of 39 for 404 yards and five touchdowns. Jesus Christ. They're peaking like when they and, need to. And Travis Kelsey threw a two yard touchdown. Yes, he did. So they're That's embarrassing. I, I <laughs> think himself. it's going to be. I think it's going to be Tampa and Kansas City again. So that's what I think it's going to be. So, um, that's the thing. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in Tennessee. I don't either. I Cincinnati could beat Tennessee. Yeah, and and you are right. It does seem like Kansas City. Uh, I remember, you know, well, yeah, it was ten two, weeks two, ago two. when they were under five hundred. Right, it was like two, two and a half months ago where we were saying, like, well, Kansas City just can't fucking stop anybody. But now it seems like, well, their offense is scoring enough points again now and, that may not matter. But, and that's uh, what yeah, made it hard for Kansas City is because they weren't scoring points. The other teams didn't have to do much. They, they could just break down the defense methodically. They didn't have to worry about trying to catch up like a lot of times they now Kansas teams were. Now Kansas City is scoring 40 points every week. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, it'll be interesting. It, it, uh, I do feel like there is a little bit of um, wide openness, you know. Like it's there. It's not like it's not like obvious, you know, who's going to win. And mm-hmm. I think that actually makes it. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I just, as much as I complain about like you know enforced mediocrity in football, like when you get to the playoffs, so where it is like the teams who were the better teams. And you still feel like it's a little wide open. Like, it's not like obvious that one team just going to run over everybody. That does make it more interesting. No, it does. Yeah. And I mean, I just. Let's just hope the Super Bowl isn't boring as shit. So it's hard to bet against Brady right now. Like, what? why do you, why not pick Brady until he loses? I mean, he loses in Super Bowls, but he hasn't lost a lot. Um, of not having Chris Godwin, I, I think might hurt. Um, but let's see. I mean, if Gronk's healthy, though, then I don't he know was, if that matters. And he was. He was back for this game, and no, I'll tell you what, he was – he caught quite a few passes. and He's still a fucking beast. When he's healthy, he's a beast still. Yeah. yeah. So. They, 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 were, they were making uh, comments on – for the time that I actually did have that game on this afternoon. They were making comments that, like, they've adjusted somewhat since Godwin got hurt in that they started to run more like two tight end sets. So they've started to bring Bray back into the offense more along with Gronkowski. Uh, Bray can catch so, too. He's a good receiver. Yeah, that's just it. Like, you know, so he, he's, he's got some versatility too. So 
it seems like that they they do understand when they need to go ahead and make these adjustments. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know who's going to come out of the <laughs> NFC or the AFC. I mean, it's kind of a toss up right now because teams have, like you said, Kansas City starting to peak. We'll see if that continues. The Bills, in my personal opinion, are the only team that if Kansas City, um, you know, if they're if somebody's going to beat Kansas City, I think the Bills are the le- only legitimate chance to beat Kansas City because I think some of the other teams just yeah. are going to falter at some point in time in the playoffs. Well, I think Tannehill's a bomb, so. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to say that, but I've seen enough of Tannehill. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. In, I've seen enough of Tanny Hill where he falls apart, like randomly, like just falls apart. And it's like, where the hell did he go? Like, it's just it's, odd. It's easy to doubt him. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. Especially with Derek um, Henry's status still up in the air for that game. And like, to me, with he's, the, the, to me he's the worst quarterback in the AFC left. Like, I'll take Joe Burrow over Tanny Hill, too. So, and with, yeah, and with yeah. the NFC, you really have to play the favorite of the Bucks right now just because we don't know what's going to happen with the Cardinals-Rams game. And well, the, Cardinals Brady, have, they, the Cardinals have been struggling, and so have the Rams recently. Like, they've both been kind of struggling. And they've both been quite mercurial lately. And, where you don't get away Green, Bay and, Green Bay and Tampa have been the only consistent in the yeah, NFC. Yeah, Tampa beat Green Bay, whooped Green Bay last year in the playoffs in Green Bay. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't you can't necessarily use that as a deciding factor, but you know, it's you also Brady's not really going to be afraid. Going to Lambeau well, can be intimidating, not for Tom Brady. Nothing intimidates him anymore. Well, no, because no. it used right. to be that it's going not, to Lambeau is it's the cold, the cold of Lambeau. Everybody always wants to bring up Ian Tampa Bay always sucks in the cold because they're Tampa Bay and blah blah blah. Well, you, I don't think you'll be hearing anybody if it ends up being Tampa Bay or Green Bay. I don't think you're going to hear anybody bring that up because no, Brady because, no. years in the cold. Yeah, I know Brady played in the cold, just as cold as Lambeau for how many years? You know, so. Well, there is no colder than Lambeau as the <laughs> 2007 NFC Championship game and Tom Coughlin's nose will uh, prove to you. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, Brady. Brady's not exactly, uh, you know, he's not a fair weather quarterback. He's he's not he's not uh, clueless as to how to play in cold weather. So, so it'll be interesting. The playoffs. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm really interested in tomorrow's game with the Car- the Cardinals and uh, the Rams. Because we'll if, see what Matt Stafford. This is this is put up or shut yeah. up time. Matt Stafford. Yeah. Because if Stafford comes out and does what he's been doing lately with throwing the freaking interceptions that he has, um, they don't really stand they're much fucked. of a chance. Yeah, they're, 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 they don't stand much of a chance. Or as Joe just said, they're fucked. <laughs> they're fucked. And Arizona's Arizona. been all up and down the second half of the season, so we'll see how yeah. they play. Well, yeah, they got to get their defense back together because what the fuck? They killed me in they fantasy. They shitty. They're, I was like, ooh, Cardinals defense. They're doing good. And then I was like, oh, shit, they got negative points. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, you saw that. I saw Zach Levine got hurt the other night. Uh-oh. Yeah, he did. His MRI came up negative, though, so it's just. It was. So. Thursday, 500. Thursday night. It was a bruise. 
Thursday night, the Warriors got em, em, embarrassed by Milwaukee. And then the next night, they went to Chicago and absolutely destroyed the Bulls. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Curry oh, got it was good to see that the Lakers lost finally again. Well, no, they did, and they that that they've lost to Sacramento twice. I think it's Sacramento got in trouble because Russell Westbrook played terrible, and they did something on the scoreboard that said "cold as ice," and they showed Russell Westbrook because he was two for fourteen. That's fucking awesome. I think you should be allowed to do that shit. Who fucking cares? It's your fucking place. You can make fun of who you want to fucking make fun of. It's cold as I. And you know what, Michael uh, Russell Westbrook is getting so annoyed right now with the media and fans, like because they're put they he's on this fucking pedestal, but he put himself up there. Like it's not like the fans put him up there; he put himself up there as a fucking like I'm this fucking great master of basketball. Like I could do whatever I want to. So when he's not scoring twenty some points a night, and and, and all the shit that he says he can do. Well, yeah, people are going to fucking ridicule you for that. You're the one that fucking made yourself out to be this fucking master of basketball. Like fucking, you're not living up to who you said you are. Like, yeah, I don't so, care who's um, like, what the fuck? Magic, uh, their loss the other night, Magic Johnson <laughs> ripped into them on Twitter, like after the game mm-hmm. and um, like called them out. And I think they got blown out by like what? The 36, Nuggets. The Nuggets, 30, the Nuggets blew yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah, about like 36 points I got blown out by or something like that. That was like the second like, worst loss of LeBron's career or something. Yeah, so just the <laughs> way they play, they didn't they didn't seem like they they gave two shits. So like they just weren't, you know, trying to get back into the game, right? So Magic Johnson called him out on it. So I guess Russell, they asked LeBron about it. And like well, actually they could have asked. I'm sorry. He 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 left he, the court. Yes. He, Who he did? left the court. LeBron. He didn't do the media. I don't think he did his no, media. He didn't. He didn't do his media after the game. He just left the court. So, wow. um, Westbrook. Westbrook got asked the question, and they were talking to him, and he was, like, trying to, like, everyone's got their opinion and all this opinionated bullshit. And then he makes a comment about, you know, I guess they didn't like the way he made his opinion known on social media. Like, oh, okay, who are you to fucking judge now? And he was like, yeah, I, I felt, you know, you should be coming to the practice and saying to that in per, us in person, like you guys just got your asses handed to you. Like you guys are an embarrassment to the, to the Los Angeles Lakers, as far as the fucking team this year, they're, they're a joke. They're, they're not that good at all. And him and Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard's the other one who, yeah, so who did, Dwight Howard. He, he didn't uh, like the comments either. And I'm like, okay, keep trying to talk shit in the Lakers legend and see how far that gets you assholes. Like it's I, just, it just, they, they, he just went on my shit list even fucking higher after that. Cause that's just being disrespectful. And he's calling you out. If you can't take constructive criticism from one of the legends, then you, you can't listen to anybody. It, it's well, a fucking joke. And that's what I'm Mike finding. Michael from... sucks. Jerry West sucks. Kareem sucks. Magic sucks. Shaq sucks. Kobe sucks. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. What? It's, it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's become very interesting dynamic between new players and the players that came before them. You know, the, what, what we classify now as legendary, you know, legends players that there's not that level of respect. And I don't want to say it's for every current no, player. There is with but, some of them, not all the, of them. Right. 
but there is a, a higher majority now that don't have that level of respect for the players that came before them and what they can the what they can tell them about the game. Like so many players now, like I said, I'm not saying every player, I can't I'm not even trying to name names because there's just too many players out there any, anymore. But they don't take any of those words of wisdoms. They don't feel like these old players can contribute anything to their game now because, oh, well, it, it's a different game. The basics of basketball are the basics of basketball. Yes, the, the tempo of the game has changed. Certain things of the game have changed. But it doesn't mean that basketball still is not basketball. They can still, there is something that is in their wisdom of when they played that you can take away from that. And, and I don't know when that shift happened where newer players don't have that level of respect for the players that came before them and, and were the top players of their day. I don't know when that changed. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it was, if I was going to pinpoint a, a time, I would say soon after LeBron came in the league, but I don't think it was necessarily LeBron. Like, I don't think LeBron's necessarily like that, but right. I do think that it was, it, it was somewhere around a year or two or three after he came in the league. So if I was going to start pin, maybe after Kobe, maybe more recently, maybe it was after Kobe and Duncan, after some of those guys retired, maybe it's after those like legendary guys like that retired. Maybe if I was, maybe I would even go there and say after Kobe was gone and Duncan was gone and Paul Pierce, some of the, like Garnett, some of these all time greats like that. I think after they left, maybe that's when it kind of really started because they don't have a lot. There's not any of those guys in the NBA right now. The, the, the best, the best Steph Curry's 32, like the best players are not old guys. Really? He's not that old. Yeah. So they don't have those guys like that lingering anymore, really. So like, they don't have those like 38 year old veteran guys anymore that are really around to, so I think when Duncan and Kobe and them were gone, maybe, maybe it shifted then. So, because Kobe and Duncan and those guys, Garnett, they were all still very, you know, those were superstars that were respectful of who came before them. So yeah. those are, so maybe it was after those guys retired. Maybe that's when we've had this changing a little bit of the guard kind of where, I mean, it's, it's the whole thing with, I saw somebody, I think it was Al Harrington was talking about why Jordan's better than LeBron. And he said, because everybody now is boys with each other and they're all friends with each other. And back then nobody gave a fuck about anybody. He's like, if you, you weren't on the same team together, fuck you. So it's that yep. mentality too. Like the Jordan bird and magic, they didn't like each other on the court. They respected each other, but that they was, a, that was other, what they had respect. But they like everybody now is like friends with everybody somewhere. So, I mean, we, we had LeBron yeah. and Draymond jarring at each other publicly, but then they're in business together. So, like, how serious is, is the poking fun at each other if you're in a business together? Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's like me poking fun at you guys. It's the same thing. Like, we're just messing around. So, like, it's just – that's – I told Joe that I'm going to spend <laughs> way – way too much money and i believe me and nicole are going to go to the nba all-star game this year because it's a once it's like an opportunity that's in cleveland so i'm like i want to go so it's only good if they boo lebron which they won't they won't no. but i mean durant's not going to be there now which I'm, i wanted to see him and now he's out for like two months so i wanted to see but steph's steph's the leading vote getter right now so 
Oh, but, did, Dur- did Durant break his twig leg? Did he? No, he he sprained his knee. So, uh, the bend in his branch of a leg gave out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still like for. Uh, I can never like when you look at Durant. It, it, like I'm not gonna take anything away from his ability. He's a hell of a player. Like a fucking hell of a player. Amazing NBA player. But he just his body type has the way his body is built has always been befuddling to me on how he's able to do what he's able to do with his body because he is his muscular structure just doesn't seem like it would support his body at times. It's always been very interesting. Yeah. I see what you're saying with that. Are you trying he's to more say on the skinnier side for a, yeah. a big guy? Yeah, like Giannis has muscle tone, like he he works out. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can yeah, it's like not to say Durant doesn't work height. out, but he just doesn't have that kind of body. But it fits his style of play because he's not a banger. You know, he is a well, finisher a, player. He plays shooting guard, so he's not he's not a forward. He plays shooting guard, so he doesn't necessarily have to be. Steph Curry's not not super built either. So, yeah, but I wouldn't expect a, uh, a what is what is he like six five six five point guard, right? Steph or six yeah. three. Or is he six three? He's like six three four. But you, but Kevin Durant's like what six eleven? Six ten. You know he he's just he's very long. He he's lanky. He, he reminds me of like he reminds me of uh, John Sally. Like he's, everybody remembers John Sally. Lanky. That dude was a skinny like lanky motherfucker too. <laughs> like I said, he plays he plays shooting guard though. So like Giannis is a is a forward. So like that's a different kind of position. So right, he's he's a very large shooting guard. <laughs> yeah. But yes. if you if you can have a shooting guard that's six ten and and can play any position on the court, that's ideally what you want. So yeah, I'm not like I said, I'm not taking anything away from his ability. He just like I said, the way he's built has always like befuddled me on how. No, like, how, I, if how you're he, right, but his NBA, amount of athleticism based on his body, his his, his build. The NBA, there's 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 players like that though. They're, they're, oh they're yeah, def- no, there always has been. Like I said, John Sally's a prime example. That dude was a was a skinny, lanky dude too. Like he's Bill Lambier was the whitest idiot I've ever seen. So like that guy looked didn't look like he was muscular at all. So no, he 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 was he was the he epitome was of like uh, yeah of the goon like playing basketball. Um, yeah, pretty much. And then you have a new bull. There was got, another guy. Here. Like, how the hell did he survive in the NBA? He should have been like broken in half. And his son Bull Bull now. His son Bull Bull, who's like the same way. <laughs> like, I got to hear Digger Phelps tell some pretty funny stories about Bill Ambier once. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so I mean, I I I I hope it's gonna be because I'm going to the all-star game. It's not like you're not there to cheer for a, it's not a team versus team. You go to yeah. something like that to see the players. Yeah, so, got... but that that the NBA All Star voting is the worst voting there is because <laughs> Clay Thompson played two games and he's like the fifth leading vote getter for a shooting guard and he played three games this year. So, like the the fans, that, that sounds like yeah, that sounds like baseball All Star yeah, voting. Yeah, Al Ming used to get hurt every year and all because they let China vote. He would be like the leading vote getter every year and he sucked. So, <laughs> Yao Ming. <laughs> Yeah, they need to change those fucking rules. Yeah, he was so, uh, he was definitely not one of the better centers in the NBA. Oh, he was tall I as mean, hell, but uh, the fans pick the starters. But it's just when somebody's hurt, like they shouldn't even be on the ballot. Like Kobe one year too was hurt, 
and he got voted in. I'm like, he, if you're hurt, if you start the season hurt or you get hurt before the ballots come out, you shouldn't even be on there to vote for. If you know he's going to miss an extended period of time, why is he even on the ballot? <laughs> it's because they make those ballots out like two weeks after the season starts. And then they because and then they have to like go distribute them to all the arenas and stadiums but, and everything. Hey, right. Is Ben, like, is ben Simmons like, got any votes? I hope not. <laughs> but, but it's like it's like that kind of stuff made sense in like the nineties and prior. But as soon as we entered this internet world, that shit didn't make any sense anymore. Like so yeah, it's, just it's, going it's, to my like, phone and Twitter it. That's all. Clay, right. if, if a guy has been if a guy has been injured that has been injured so much of the season. By the time you like start putting the ballots out, or or like even if like he's been like like let's say like you know the ballots come out and then the guy gets hurt and it's like known that he's going to be out for the rest of the season, how hard is it just to take him off the ballot wow. to do somebody else in from the team? You know, it's like it's not like it's a tricky thing to fucking do. And everybody it's knew not. that Clay Tom Clay Thompson was going to come back around this time. So why would you even put him on the ballot if he's not even starting the season playing and you don't think he's coming back till January? He shouldn't even have been on there in the first place. So these people are voting for somebody who's not playing and you should be voting for the people who are playing. Cause I, I as much as I don't like people in the NBA, I'll be when I vote on an NBA all-star ballot, I generally vote for the people who I think deserve to be there. Like, even though I don't like people like I voted for LeBron Sorry, Joe, but I voted for LeBron on an all-star voting thing. That'll never happen for me. Most years, <laughs> he deserved, but but he deserves to be there. So I'm trying to pick the right people who I think he gets enough votes. He doesn't need mine. So so I I don't usually I try not to when I do that one I try to be as honest as I can and not like just pick who my who my favorite five players are. I try to pick who I think should be there, who deserves to be there. So I, mean, I do the same, just not LeBron. So is this what with is this what they call the second fan returns? Yes, the second oh, the, fan. There's gonna be one more round that comes out like at the end of the week. I think the third round comes out. All right. So there's, so there's always like there's always like two schools of thought to all star voting. There's like you vote for the guys who are the stars, or you vote for the guys who are having like the best season so far. And I can understand the people who say I'm gonna vote for the stars over the guy who's having the fluke first half season, you know, and everything like that. But it's like, yeah, but I'm not going to vote for the injured star. (laughs) So, so as of like the second fan returns voting uh, on the Western conference in the front court, you got LeBron James, Nicola, uh, Nicola, Jokic, Jokic, yeah, Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, Paul George, Anthony Davis, Draymond Green, Carmelo Anthony, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guards. Carmelo? Uh, yeah, I yeah, don't understand that joke. one either. Uh, the guards, and this is all Western Conference right now. The guards Jackson are uh, Steph Curry, uh, Ja Morant, Luka Doc, uh, Donich, uh, Clay Thompson, Luka Devin Dipshit. Booker. <laughs> Why? I like Luka Donich. <laughs> I don't. Devin Booker, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, and Anthony Edwards. Those are the leading vote getters. And it's funny because Steph Curry's at four point four million. Anthony Edwards is at two hundred twenty-four thousand. 
Well, I, <laughs> it's not even close. I, I think no. the Golden State Warriors fans must be stuffed in the ballot box because I don't really think Andrew Wiggins should be starting in the All Star game personally. But <laughs> yeah, and then you got on the Easter Conference, you got Kevin Durant uh, and then Giannis. I'm not even trying to say his last name because I'm going to fuck that up the, bad. On the Great Freak, <laughs> Joel Embiid, uh, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Jarrett Allen, uh, Bam. Not sure how to pronounce his last Adebayo. name. Add a bio, okay. Yep. Uh, Pasquale, uh, Pascal, some Siakam, yes. Uh, Miles Bridges and uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, and then the guards. You got the Lamar, fuck does he got votes? Yeah, uh, I know. Exactly. Two hundred and sixteen thousand. Um, <laughs> Lamar Aldridge, get out of here. DeRozan leading the guards, right? DeMar yeah, guards. DeRozan. Demar Derozan's leading the guards. Trey Young, book. I can't stand that dude. Uh, Zach Levine, James Harden, Lamelo Ball. Kyrie Irving, Derrick Rose, Fred See, Van Fleet. What is Kyrie? Kyrie's played like twice, right, Joe? Like, it's another one. Why is he even on there? Darius Garland and uh, Jalen Brown rounds it off. So, so I, I, yeah, I, 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 the East is fine. I don't, I like, I don't, I don't like Trey Young. I, I think the West is the better. Like their starting five is going to be better than the East starting five. So, because Curry, John Morant's a beast. Like, John Morant is like kind of finally, it took him a year or two to become a star, but he's a star now. So, he's, he might be the, I think he's had the best month of anybody. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to start watching some more NBA because I, I want to see how the 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 Sixers. I want to see how the sixth. I know the Sixers' record is decent, but I want to see how they're actually playing. You know, together. Like I said, since the cancer hasn't been playing all this year, so and they still haven't been able to find the taker on him yet. Another week down, still no takers. <laughs> Great deadline's coming soon. Well, I mean, yeah. if you're the if you're the Lakers, why don't you just trade Russell Westbrook for him at this point? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh my yeah. God! I had to kill. I, I I would. I couldn't. I couldn't watch a single Sixers game with Russell Westbrook on the fucking Sixers. I couldn't do it. Uh, 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 take Takers retired. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a worse like wrestling reference that I usually turn everything into. <laughs> Now Pat's doing. <laughs> All right. Well, so I, well nothing. <laughs> How about that? Well, nothing. All right. I think it's time that we hit our uh, Mount Rushmore of favorite wrestling tag teams. And everybody just says nothing. They just <laughs> no, no, you no. Anybody? Uh, do, uh, do we want to do this? Yes, no, maybe yes. so. No, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, the, the, the plows are outside again, and they're distracting me again. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's distracting you, not the porn that's playing on your TV in the in the room. <laughs> no, 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 no porn, no porn. Uh, first of all, I mean my living room is that way. Well, it doesn't uh, mean you don't have a TV in that room. I do have a TV in that room, but I can't see it. No, in the room that you're in. No, I don't have a TV in this room. I have okay. my computer. I. <laughs> Where it is easier to get porn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm dying here. Okay. Who the hell watches porn on a TV now? Well, my TV I gets mean, internet, which... so it could if I wanted to. 
Uh, no, I mean, wh what's your preference? Xvideos.com, RedTube.com, YouPorn.com. Oh my God, I'm going to open the window and tell these motherfuckers to shut up. Are they yelling at each other now? Not only are no, they. No, they're just really loud. <laughs> I can't hear them, so that's good. <laughs> All right, so AJ, you want to go first? Joe, you want to go first? Who wants to go first? Who wants to give their. their I don't off? know. I'll go last. You'll go last? All right, I'll I go did. first. I did. I did text Sakamoto and a couple of my other buddies and got there for two. So, okay. Joy. All right. So I'll I'll, I'll go. This is this kind of hard for me because like I'm not a huge tag team wrestling person. I, I definitely much prefer the individual wrestlers, but I do have four that I definitely enjoyed over these. What? I get some love to the tag teams, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you like the tag team. I bet. Um, <laughs> don't, so, don't be giving out my secrets, man. Please. I need to keep some of them still. All right. So if I had to pick four tag teams that I really, really liked, even though this tag team did not wasn't together long, it was kind of a phase thing. It was part of a storyline. The Can-Am Connection? No, the Mega Powers. <laughs> the Mega Powers would have to be one of my tag teams. They were fun to watch. I loved Hogan, and I loved the Macho Man. I mean, shit. They put them together. It was fun to watch. It was a lot of fun, and it turned into a great storyline at the end. Like I said, they weren't together long. What did, what did that last? Maybe, what, six months? About? No, it was, it was yeah. like a year. It was like a year, year. About a year? A year, yeah. Okay. It was a long time ago. I don't remember how long it was, so I was going with a shorter, right. shorter time. Well, well, yeah, technically, technically, it was more than a year if you talk about when they were like teaming in, again in WCW. So, so they never they never used the name Mega Powers, I, <laughs> obviously, but um, you know, everybody knew what it meant. So, yes. So the Mega Powers would be one. Um, I was always a big fan of the Rockers. So that would be my second one. I always loved the Rockers. You picked them for the for the Mount Rushmore when we did it individually. When we each yes. picked one, you picked the Rockers then. So yes, I did. I know, and, and they were fun to watch. I mean, right? This shit, this just was fun. I mean, shit. This I, is this is favorite. There's no judgment here. This is who your favorite was, though. And if we're gonna go, and one of my if other said, favorites of all time, if you said the Mulkey Brothers, I wouldn't laugh at you because they were a tag team. So <laughs> look at Pat. <laughs> But one of my other favorite tag teams to watch was always, always LOD. You know, they were they they were fucking awesome. Um, you want to talk about watching two powerhouse guys just beat the shit out of people? That was that was that tag team. Uh, and I'm gonna go with one newer tag team, and that would be um, one of the ones that Pat is not a big fan of, but AJ is a huge fan of. And that way, and oh, I boy. all of a sudden their fucking name just eluded me. I go, I all I want to say is Generation Me, but I know that's not their current name. <laughs> young Bucks. Young Bucks. Thank you. I don't know why that's Generate, well, Generation Me was their name in TNA. Yeah, I know, and that's all I can. Th that's all I can remember because I haven't Max, seen them in years. Max but... and Jeremy Buck. They were Max and Jeremy Buck then. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yes, the Young Bucks, because I when I did have a chance to watch them and see them wrestle, their matches were entertaining to me. 
whether it was high spots, fests or not, they were fun to watch and probably the best series of tag team matches I've ever seen. And, and I know Joe's right there with me on this one was the Young Bucks against, or well, Gener- Generation Me at the time, against the Motor Shit and Machine Guns. That yep. was five fantastic tag team matches. Probably that the was best tag team matches I've ever seen. That was like 2010, 2011. So that wasn't even like recently, really. Yeah. So they were putting yep. on awesome matches, you know, 10 years yep. ago already. So, so those are my four. And now will, Darth Pat wants to slap me in the face. I can see it. He wants to slap me in the I'll, face. I can tell. tell you, Don't you lie I'll to me. You, I'll, tell you guys, I'll, I'll tell you guys the one Sean picked. So Sean said Edge and Christian, the Shield, FTR, and the Young Bucks. So, and then he said honorable mentions, Test and Albert and Booker T and Goldust. <laughs> Test and Albert? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting tag team to throw up there the, the booker t oh, gold dust one's the one I'm i like sorry. the best out of the actually, honorable mention actually sean said ftr but then he asked me something about interchangeable factions and then he changed it to the undisputed era my bad mm. so what wait what because Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Roddy, they all wrestled. Like, they were all tag team. Like, they were all part of a, that tag team. Well, they almost, like, did the Freebird rule. So, he asked if he was – he was asking if he was allowed to use them as a tag mm. team. So, yeah. What a cheat code that one was. So, <laughs> Unlimited he, lives. <laughs> he, he, he put them on there over FTR. So. That's some up, up, down, down shit right there. <laughs> All right, Darth Pat, you look like you want to go, so hit us with your top four. What's your Mount Rushmore? Ooh, that rhymed. All right, I'm going to go with this in what I guess you would call sequential order of how they... Are you going to give us a history of each tag team, too? Because if we are, I'm going to put my... I'm going to go sleep now. He's already done that before, so... No, I'm not doing that. I'm just... I'm going to do this musically. Oh, fantastic. I can't so wait. Just, well, I'll just, yeah, I'll just hopefully it'll all be loud enough. So, number Always. one. Demolition. No, it's not Demolition. Heart Foundation. No, Heart Foundation. Mm. Brett and Anvil. Me it started off loud, them. but then I couldn't hear it all the yeah. same. Uh, well, because this track kind of started off loud and then kind of got softer. Okay. Number two, hopefully this one will be loud enough. There, there's demolition. I think I just there's knew demolition. that going to be on the list, Pat. Yeah. Okay, so Heart Foundation and Demolition. All right, number three. Harlem Heat. See, I always have the big affinity for Harlem Heat. Since I saw them originally in GWF on ESPN back in the day when they were the Ebony Experience. Yes. It's amazing what teams could get, what they could get away with in different federations with names. Yes. That is Well, and it, again, it's also, it's also though, like if you watch the Booker T biography special that was on there last year yeah. when he was talking about the way they initially, you know, were getting treated there in Texas. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> And last but certainly not least, 
Oh, okay. The Brood. No. The aforementioned Edge and Christian. So those those four I would say were my favorite, like like as we were going. I mean, like Road Warriors LOD, Midnight Express, Freebirds, like I've grown to like them a lot, but I didn't see a lot of them like when they were teams Big. and everything. So I don't feel like it would be right to uh to include them. So those are the four I'll go with Heart Foundation, Demolition, Harlem Heat, and Edgy Christian. I guess that's where and the age feel, difference do, makes I, makes a little and bit. I of... do, and I do kind of feel like tag team wrestling's kind of sucked for the last twenty years, more so than it's been better. So that's yeah. Vince's fault. Well, and I guess that's where the age difference is too, because like you said, L, you didn't see LOD like where I remember a lot of LOD. Well, I mean, you know, the only that... time I really saw LOD was really when they came to WWF for that like two year run from. 1990 to 1992 but i don't think anybody would say that was like the best no no it definitely was not and obviously i'd like uh like i said because watch rewatching now they're back in wwf here now in like 1997 and you know they're still entertaining and they still get like you know like the road warrior pop and everything but again it's not it's oh, still i hated that i hated that because like, that was when hulk well, we, was it's, fucked it's, up it's, it's, it's before they it's, it's still before that you know, like Hawk's still normal for, you know, what LOD was really, you know, like, you know, so like, you know, Hawk, what do you have to say? Well, you know, so uh, it's, 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 it's pre-draws, pre-drunken Hawk LOD still, so. Yeah, we're not far from it, though, I don't believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, I think, that, yeah, I think they did all that in 98, I think, yeah. so. All righty. AJ said he's going last, so it's uh, up to you there, Joe. No pressure, no pressure. We'll call you Joe Blow from Idaho. Big money, no whammies, and stop. Yes, I went old school, lame-o, joke, joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that. Okay. I'm Joe, just Joe. I was waiting for like a Matrix reference too from somebody, but that didn't happen, so that's fine. Joe. I want to show you what the matrix is. No. Okay. So I am <laughs> going to uh let me get to my four tag teams. We've gone off the rails. Just go now. <laughs> Just go. LOD, Harlem Heat. Who is the other one? Oh yeah, the Hardy Boys. And the Dudleys. Oh, they were on my list. I, w- I was thinking about putting them there. Which which version of the Dudleys? Easy all, all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Joe, your your list is almost a you, Jay picked LOD, the Hardy Boys, the Dudleys, and the Lucha Brothers. So his list is almost the same as yours. Lucha Brothers, interesting. So, yep, yep. All right, AJ. It's your turn. Uh, the Dudleys. I'm gonna go rock and sock connection. No boy. Uh, and then un- undisputed and the young bucks. So you cheat coded it too with the undisputed air. <laughs> I mean, I could just take Fish and O'Reilly. To be honest, it doesn't even have to be undisputed. I could take those two, but it, it could just be those two. So it doesn't even have to be. 
undisputed, but I forget Sean, about the rock and sock connection sometimes. Was there like a, uh, duo since again, I didn't really watch NXT, you know, was there like a duo of the, of the undisputed era that like wrestled as a team more often yep. than like any other Fish, combination? Fish and O'Reilly. Yeah. But then Fish, Fish got hurt multiple times. So then Cole would wrestle or Roderick Strong, like they would end up substituting somebody in when Bobby Fish got hurt because he got hurt yeah. like three times. So, yeah, but yeah, it was normally Fish and O'Reilly. So it was originally. I think that they just like got to the point where they, they I don't think they were going to free bird rule it with them, but then fish kept getting hurt. So they kind of had to improvise go that route. So, and then my friend, Zach, and it had, worked. Zach hasn't watched wrestling as long as the rest of us guys. He actually was not allowed to watch wrestling when he was a child. His parents would not let him watch it. So he only started watching it in the last like 10 years. So his list was the Dudley's, the Lucha Brothers, the Young Bucks, and, and Undisputed. So, <laughs> so okay. there's a lot of clearly we a lot of us like the Bucks and we like Undisputed and we like the Dudleys. <laughs> Mine would be ECW specifically, though. I would be the ECW Dudleys specifically. With or, stuttering or, Bubba Ray. <laughs> no, that was in WWE. No, yeah. they didn't do ECW. Well, a little bit. Just I thought they did bit. that before. I, I thought they did that before Devon showed up, and they like turned him into like the ultra violent. I wanted Dudleys. when they were like doing wanted, like, like the big comedy Dudleys. He I liked the Dudleys when they had uh, big Dick Dudley signed. No, when they had signed guy, and they had Gertner. That's when they were my favorite. When they had Gertner, so I would I would probably take just non WWE Dudleys because they were even really good when they were in TNA even and stuff. I just didn't necessarily like, they commercialized them too much in WWE, I think. So when they started doing the what's up, like they, yeah, the second time around, like not the first time around, but the, yeah, the second time around with the, yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So definitely ECW Dudleys for sure. So, but that's edge and Christian was me on list. Mm-hmm. I knew somebody else besides Jay would pick the Hardys. It's never going to be me because I don't really like the Hardy boys. So, yeah. But you know, there, there's a, there was a lot. There's been a lot of good tag teams. So it's, I mean, there's so many that anybody could put on a Mount Rushmore and say, yeah, this is my favorites. But you know, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I actually yeah, looked. Just, I mean, I mean, favorite of course is a very subjective. Right. Term. I actually looked and yeah. actually looked back at. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I looked back at their tag team of the year. LOD won it four times. Uh, the, the Young Bucks have won it three times, and they've the, the last six years, the Young Bucks of the year finished first or second. So that's the two teams that have won it the most. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, I, that's interesting. I've always enjoyed the Usos, even like when they change it up. I mean, their day one ish stuff is kind of a no it's know. fine it's it fine but it's me. like kind of it gets annoying at times um i like the usos i don't but I don't I, i've always ever, liked the usos won. i don't know if they ever won tag team of the year the new day won it twice i don't know if i don't think the, the usos may have only won it once see and the news day winning it winning it is kind of weird to me because why they're very popular as a tag team I don't think they were. I don't think they're like a really great tag team wrestling team. Like, but they I, had I the don't... belts. 
they had the belts for like the longest like ever so like some once again here's where that stuff starts coming into play when you start comparing and contrasting they're the longest reigning tag team champions like ever so somewhere in that as much as i don't like them either you have to like that figures into it yeah i'm not going to disagree with that it's just it's just I, i don't know like when i like i think that one of the reasons that i don't know i don't know how to put it so I'm just going to stop. <laughs> a lot of people would probably have them in their top five. They're in my top 10, but I don't think that they would ever make my top five. So I would put the Usos ahead of them. So I remember when you talk about PWI, I mean, this is a very old list now at this point, because um, I think this was back in like 2003. They did a ranking of like the 500 best wrestlers of the PWI years and 100 best tag teams. Their top five tag teams from five to one were the British Bulldogs, the Rock and Roll Express, the Freebirds, the Steiners, and the Road Warriors. I mean, that's for that time period, that makes sense. So Mm -hmm. if I was ranking tag teams back then, you said 2003? I think that's when they published it, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's a feasible list at that point. So it's just like we're getting to the point, though, now where you're going to have to start taking people from like now and mixing them yeah. in with those old lists. And that's where it gets, it's just like with basketball and football, you have to start like taking people from now and mixing them in with those older tag teams. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's, it gets difficult to do that because the wrestling is better now to me than it was. The in-ring stuff is better now than it was then. So. Yeah. So it's, it's you, very, very different now. Very yeah. different. So, um, did you hear that they announced the inductees to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame for 2021? No. Nope. It was it was a short list again this year. Um, they went with the uh, old uh, tag team Los Brazos, who are a Mexican tag team who I'm not familiar with really in any way. They inducted two promoters, Don Owen, who was the promoter from Portland, uh interesting thing about him is that that was one of the promotions where Roddy Piper got his start and Piper was so grateful to Don Owen for um like starting his career that when Piper worked for WWF and they went through Portland he would never wrestle out of respect for Don Owen he would do a Piper's pit but he would never wrestle uh they also inducted Jim Crockett Jr which I wonder if they did that because he passed away early last year and the only other wrestler they inducted, well, last year they elected Kenny Omega. So this year they elected Okada. Okada, I, I did see that they elected Okada. So yeah. So so I was just I was kind of surprised that the list was so short uh, because in past years they they can induct they've inducted like a lot more people. It's like their voting process is weird. But when I saw it was Okada attacking my like a a foreign tag team that I wasn't familiar familiar with in two promoters. I just thought that was kind of a uh, interesting list for, especially considering uh, that Okada is obviously still quite active. So. Interesting. So. All right. Yeah. So I, I I'm going to, I'm going to assume that we have, or can I call it a night? I mean, Joe, Joe did, Joe did, I mean, go, to, Joe did go to AEW this week. Joe, Joe went to dynamite on Wednesday. Oh yes, he did. He did. Oh he yeah, did that's right. yeah. That's probably why you're sick. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
No, I'm not saying you have COVID. I'm just saying <laughs> you when you're in when you're in a place where there's a lot of people, chances just to pick up any kind of germ is obviously highly increased. That's all I'm saying. I know. That's Joe, no, Joe. Was it's, it from that? It's it's just funny the way you said it. Well, that must be why you're sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you're a fucking idiot. You were all not. Joe got to see that. Imply that. CM Punk e eight power bombs. Oh, that's not cool. That's way too many power bombs. Yeah. Who signed up for that? Why did he sign up for that shit? <laughs> it was it was four too many. At least. <laughs> Because he's a team definitely, player. definitely for too many. He did not need overall. To we had fun. Good. It was fun to go there. It was good. Was, was that Nico's first ever live show or? Uh, no, it was okay. His was first AEW first, uh, show. His... Well, that was first Joe's AEW. first AEW show too. So, um, I think it's Nico's like third, third or fourth show I've taken him to. That's good. Yeah, fourth actually. He's been to oh. a pay per view and to two live shows and a NXT show. I, I, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't really been paying much attention to what's been going on in AEW recently, other than why is there an interim TNT champion? Because Cody got Cody. Yes. Yeah. Right. So why is there an interim TNT? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It was a 10 or 12 day or two week thing. I don't right. know. I mean, back back in the day, there was the thirty day title defense. Oh, thing, be, know, well, so. because because the title was going to be defended at Battle for the Belts, so that's why they did that. Because he, they they needed a match to be. They they had already announced a, a TNT title match for Battle, and they didn't have every title being defended. It was really weird, Pet. It was like a one hour show, so it was really yeah, strange. I I heard it wasn't great. And they just did that for that. And I, 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 it was Dustin against Sammy and Dustin is 50, whatever. And he's, he was fucking gassed after like three minutes and they were taking breaks like every five minutes in the match because he was gassed. I, I, I love, I love Dustin, but probably need to quit. So at the same point, they're taking a page out of, you know, other sports where they do interim title holders because of multiple reasons. That's not that big of a deal. I I I didn't realize realize they were doing stuff like that, I guess. Cody's going to be back this week, and I don't know if they're going to just give him the belt back or what they're going to do. So that's going to be interesting, too. So You should come out with the belt as well, and they both should have the belts and yeah here we go they should probably both have belts and obviously then mm-hmm. what they need to do is, a ladder. Take, is take those two belts and hang them up above the ring and do a ladder match i mean that's or something what could happen so i just it, that was weird pat when they did that it was kind of strange actually the Britt baker reho match is gonna battle for the belts and i don't really like Riho because I think she looks like a 12 year old kid but yeah I just I I when she when she like and I see Riho trying to like with somebody who's like twice your size my first thought is hmm click like she she when she jumps off the like ropes and does like a move it's like does that really hurt anybody 
it's 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 like i the believability is not there yeah she right exactly even leaving beside the whole thing like oh she's been wrestling professionally since she was nine years old she doesn't look like she could hurt a twig she she did do a cool (laughs) spot in that match where she like ran up a table that was kind of cool and she was really she still Britt did a couple curb stomps and Riho sold the shit out of them. So yeah, so yeah, she wasn't Riho. Wasn't Riho in um, WWE? She looks like she was. No, no. You're thinking yeah, of uh, Ka- Ka- Kari Sane. Yeah, yeah. So I think, looks like I think Kari, Kari, Kari Sane. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm not trying, and that's not trying to be racist. She just really does look like Kyrie saying, like, <laughs> I can see where you would. No, I, yeah, I, I can see where you could think there's a resemblance between those two people. So that, that's okay, Jeremy. There, there, there's definitely enough of a resemblance that I don't think anybody's going to see it any other way. So <laughs> look it up, people. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, they I, do look the same. Let's say, well, what's the counter to that old joke? It's like, oh, that's okay. They, we all look the same to them, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely not. There was, there, was some movie, there was some movie where they said, I can't remember what movie it was. I'm, a week a week from Wednesday, I'm going to uh, I'm going to Dynamite a week from Wednesday. It's in Cleveland. So cool. Ooh, a week from Wednesday, I'll be uh, the coaching uh, basketball uh, practice. So and there's uh, all yeah. a week from Wednesday, I'll be sitting here. Rumors. <laughs> there's a lot of rumors that Johnny Gargano might show up at that show. So okay. Well, next week we can talk about the rumors about. Who else may show up at the Royal Rumble as a surprise? The Forbidden Door. Oh, they're oh yeah. Ew, I don't want to hear that. about your Forbidden Door. Ew, they're gonna open the Forbidden Door and let Moose from Tia Impact in. Probably that's my guess. So yeah, there's because of the Mickey James thing. There's all this speculation now about what guy who's contracted to one of the other companies may appear and. People are suggesting Jericho, and I'm like, please no, or, or 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 Moxley, and I'm like, why would he want to? I don't um, think he wants to. Yeah, and uh, he mean, doesn't I, want. I saw somebody mention Walter, and I'm like, well, that's not really a surprise, and he works for the company, so. Um, but yeah, the guy who who AJ is uh, somebody else who I saw mentioned. So. Well, he he he. He's the wrestling god. He calls himself the wrestling god. So he's like, I want the tribal chief or whatever. So yeah, well, maybe the other might... one might be um, Big Kaz, formerly known as Big Kaz. Yeah, who's I, I, I really hope not. That he reminds like... me. Moose reminds me of the guy who was the guy that used to do the pounce in TNA. Oh, um, Monty Brown. Monty Brown. Yeah, yeah, he reminds me of Monty Brown. <laughs> Moose is a lot better than Monty Brown. <laughs> he reminds me of they took Monty Brown and Terry Crews and put them together and got That's one scary specimen right there. Fucking Monty Brown. All Monty Brown did was the pounce. He sucked. He no, I'm not saying he was good. No, he, you, you, you get that too, Jeremy. You watch the, I, that TNA channel is my where my tv goes and i'll be like oh look money brown's doing the pounce <laughs> they Monty, Monty, five Monty, things Monty, all the fucking time i want yeah. i wanted to i wanted to see what else we could have gotten out of Monty brown but it sadly was not to be yeah 
All right. Well, it's been a fun show. It's been an interesting show. Um, well, but we're gonna time and a half. But we're gonna call it a night, though. And go a go go. I can't rhyme any more words. I've given up. <laughs> I was trying to see if we could. I could rhyme all the way out of it, but no, well, AJ, it wasn't going to happen. AJ's messing with his background and he's moving. I know it I'm on. getting because I have to charge my 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 batteries. Die. He's, I, I didn't. He's making me feel queasy now because of him doing that. So I might he, throw up over my phone here. And... It's the Blur Witch Project all over again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no. That reminds me of an article I was reading earlier in the week where it was, but yeah. We, we don't want yeah. to hear it. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm just gonna, <laughs> please no more shaky cam. That's all. <laughs> all right. I'm about but, to mute everybody. <laughs> hey, that's not nice. But, anyway. <laughs> but yes, it's been an interesting show. We hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for watching. And as always, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. And we'll catch you on the next episode.